what's going on everybody it is thursday october 6th i forgot what month it was october 6th and you have found the pinwheels and ivy podcast i'm your host matt zawaski aka Southside Zoe, and with me as always mr aldo soto it's october baby oh shut up you're an asshole <laughs> <laughs> the good reverend k fitz I'm just over here on pins and needles knowing that my fiance currently is at a dinner with Mark Wahlberg right now. So hopefully she comes home tonight. But if she doesn't, at least I've got you three guys and tonight's podcast to uh, keep me going. So. Yeah, I'm going to leave that one alone. And <laughs> the new kid on the block that is just gaining rapid popularity across the land, NASCAR Mitch. What's up? Let the manager search begin. I gained, yeah, I gained two followers this week, baby. We're moving the needle. Moving the needle, baby. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Oh, God. <laughs> if I, I'm so glad I don't have to hear that shit anymore. Oh, my God. So, it's over. It's finally over. It's over. Thank Cubs, God for that. The Cubs and the White Sox 2022 baseball season is officially dead. Over one team, I would say, is a little bit as, as expected on the north side. I think that's a pretty fair thing to say. Maybe right little, around there. I would say better. Yeah, I'd say a little bit better than it, yeah, a little bit better than expected. And one team was the biggest disappointment, arguably, in franchise history. And I'm not being overzealous when I say that. No, you're not. Uh, so it is the end of the season. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about some. Some positives. I don't really want to harp on negatives today. I feel like there's just been a whole fuck ton of negatives. I think that's been a rolling conversation. Yeah, so we'll take away some positives from the season. As uh, young Padawan down there, Mitch, alluded to, we'll talk about the manager's search, what's going on there. Uh, we'll talk about Jose Abreu and how he's not going to the Cubs. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean... It's officially off-season podcast season, so yeah, buckle up, Mitch. You don't even know what that means yet, do you? No, no. no. Yeah, it, I mean, you I think a movie draft before. Would, yeah, a movie draft would it, definitely take a different tone with Mitch with his generational gap. I mean, he, yeah. he's gonna he'll pull out some like he'll draft Air Bud six times. Say Cars uh, Three. Yep, Cars Three isn't bad. It's Cars Two that sucks. Air Bud sucks in the paint. I ain't drafting Air Bud. No, no paint. Yeah, no paint presence. I need bruisers it. down there. I would have no, a team no. of like five Bill Cartwrights if I could, just throwing elbows down there. I'm See, your age though is coming through with you ball. thinking he's a basketball player when the original Air Bud, before he lost his leg, was actually in football. He was a football player. Ah. That poor dog lost a leg. And if we're doing fictional Come basketball characters, give me Teen Wolf all day. Oh, you should. The, but, the old one. Yeah, Michael J. Fox team. Uh, yeah, there you go. Off-season podcasting. Let's get into it. Let's tap this cake. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. 
As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, be the first to know if Justin Fields completes over 60 yards of passing in a single game. I don't think he's done that yet. Oh, yeah, like he did. He had that long yeah. pass to Mooney. That yeah, that's right. 60 yards. He still sucks. Uh, sportsmockery, sportsmockery.com. Yeah. So the White Sox season ended in the most – perfectly poetic way possible a lot of peace with i'm gonna get a little emotional talking about with jose abreu requesting to uh not play on wednesday he wanted to as he said see it from the managerial point of view kind of just sit back and take it all in be with the guys like (laughs) did not sound like a dude that's coming back to this team but that's you know Spin zone. Seen. Spin zone. Manager Jose Abreu. He's going to interview to be the player manager. But here's if you're a diehard White Sox fan, the biggest giveaway should have been over his career with the White Sox. When things are going good, Jose speaks English directly to the media. When things are going bad or he just doesn't want to talk to the media, he talks through Billy, the translator. And that final interview he did with that press, whatever, he didn't even look at the press. He just looked at Billy. The whole time and was just like whispering in his ear like he yeah and also before that when rick Hahn spoke to the media all remember the last time that uh obrey was going to be free agent all the talk was like you yeah, know he's he's going to be back we're going to work something out mm-hmm. Abreu was saying like i'm going to resign myself like i'm not there's the whole ryan store if he's not going to wear another white or he's not going to wear another jersey outside of the white Sox. yep this time around it was um uh, yeah we'll see what happens <laughs> uh, and then abreu was like yeah they, they haven't really talked to me yep so not that, not looking great for I, the uh, diehards out there my thing there is i honestly don't think they know i don't think they have like a, a game plan yet which is scary as fuck but i don't I think, think they, they have they like a, i do too i think they know and they at least i think they know that if they they absolutely have to spend money to do something, and I don't think it's going to go towards apologies, Brian Jose Abreu. That is the 2020 Executive of the Year, Rick Hahn. Um, I think Mitch is having some issues over there. He keeps going on mute. Now he's turning off his <laughs> camera. I don't. Know. I think it's, all this fame is going to his head. Um, well, he's having he's having a breakdown over Jose Abreu. BJ, so let's talk, buddy. Let's, on too. Let, let's talk, BJ. Let Abreu walk. He's too old. Move Aloy to DH and sign a fourth outfielder. I'm okay with Aloy to DH and signing a fourth outfielder. Wow, Mitch. Dying, dying. Uh, <laughs> but the letting Abreu walk is too old. <laughs> Do me a right. real big favor. Look up league leaders and hits for this season. Yeah, that's him. Well, at yeah, the top. I mean Jose Abreu is hitting like a Nick Madrigal. Need guys to get on base. Need guys to move that lineup. Maybe you don't bat him in the four hole anymore or three spot, but he still produces, man. He still like the, produces. The, this is what's crappy about this whole Abreu thing. Um, and again, there are baseball reasons that you can like debate as it. to like why he's, like, he's a little older. Uh, and please keep know, in mind, I'm just being a huge baby because I love Jose. Abreu. <laughs> the, the decline. I mean, there's going to be a decline in the defense, even though he has been pretty solid for the past like three years. Yeah, it's actually um, gotten better with age. He, the approach, I mean, hey, 
the approach didn't work for like the rest of the White Sox lineup, but it worked for Jose Abreu. Even though the home run numbers went down, he hit like over 300. Mm -hmm. He was still getting his doubles. Uh, and as you said, so he was up there near the top of the league in, uh, in hits. Well, you know, he, had, he had twice the war of any member of the White Sox roster. He had basically twice the war of anybody in that lineup. Twice. Barry, just their best player. You finished, player that, he finished that was already mediocre this year, if you get rid of him, to be honest. He finished fourth in Major League Baseball in total hits with 183. And only then because Boba Shot went insane in this last game. He month. went crazy, yeah. And well, then I mean, the crappy thing is that all that doesn't matter because the White Sox are always going to be handicapped by how much they can spend. And uh -huh. as we saw last year, like they only have a certain number of like, you know, resources that they can use in an offseason. And Rick Hahn has already laid out those expectations. Like, yeah, guys, um, we're not going to be able to just throw money at this problem. Mm -hmm. So awesome thing. To they have to be like, all right, well, are we going to commit another 16, 17, 18 million dollars to Jose Abreu when we have like two other guys that can slide into first base slash DH? Right. Or are we going to use that money to try to get a decent second baseman, a, right. an actual right fielder? Oh, if you take a step back and look at the baseball nuts and bolts of this, I get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mitch, where are you at with it? No, I, I would bring it back. God, like, I, <laughs> I love you it. know, maybe it's homerish, but I mean, he was one of the only players that could stay healthy. I feel like I'm saying the same thing every week. Like, it baffles me the people that are so quick to just get rid of, well, you know, let Jose walk. Right. Like, I would trade, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think with the Brayu, you're getting the best defense uh, between out of the three. Like his defense has gotten better every year. You're getting reliability every year. Like he showed no signs of slowing down. He stays healthy, and he's one of the people, one of the few people that looked like they gave a damn in the locker room. I mean, there's a lot of issues on this team, and Jose Abreu wasn't one of them. So I think if anyone deserved to come back, or you're going to give the benefit of the doubt, it would be him. Like, and and look, I I get it from the business side, but even then, like I still think he brings too much to the offense and the team in general to like, not at least try and, and bring him back. I would Guys. trade on before and like, see what you could get for him before I let a Bray walk. And I don't, and to be honest, I think you could coexist with both of them on the roster, but uh, between the two, I'm keeping a Bray because he's showing no signs of uh, slowing down. Jumper, Jumper's right, man. You guys, that's not homerish. He's, Literally one of the best bats in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, like, he's still good. <laughs> I mean, exactly. It's because he's so consistently good that everyone takes him for granted. It reminds me of certain people that we know of that were on the other side of town. They take quality consistency for granted. And when that person's gone, you will have a chasm to fill that you don't even realize how deep it goes until you don't have it anymore. You ride the horse until the horse is done. And he is your Clydesdale, man. You can't let him walk. If you do, you're insane. And the White Sox offense, you thought it was bad this year. Unless they go out and pick up three dudes and spend a bunch of money, which they're not going to do if they're letting Abreu go, it ain't going to matter. No amount of moves will make up for what you lose in that lineup, in that locker room, as an actual leader, and as somebody that helps just facilitate the entire franchise as their face. And also loyalty. Yeah, oh. that's that's the other thing too. It doesn't matter like who he's had around him throughout his entire career. Like that lineup was ass when he first came into the league in 2014, and he's putting up 100 RBI seasons. Mm -hmm. Line of protection around him, he hits. No line of protection around him, he hits. People are injured, he hits. Sure, his RBI numbers are down. That's because no one was on base besides yep. like slap hit singles. Uh, but like his strikeout numbers were at a new low. He had a ton of hits this year. I mean, there's no reason to not at least try 
and bring him back. It, it would be foolish and kind of a middle finger to him. You know, Jerry Ryan's from the White Sox, all about loyalty. Well, I mean, this is a guy that's gone out there giving his blood, sweat, and tears to the organization. And everyone's just like, yeah, you know, let's just kick him to the curb because uh, we're going to sign some middling second baseman. I, I mean, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. One year deal, team option year two. See how yeah, it plays out in year one. Pay him sure well because he's going to be good next year. Backload the back with something smaller. The option even be smaller. Pay him for what he's worth now, which he is worth $20 million this season. Kevin. He might not be after the season. But. Kevin, do you think he'd still wear 79 with the Cubs, or would he change his number? I don't no. know. I, think, I mean, he might. I mean, he might want to. He might want to. Realistically. I mean. Realistically, if Jose Abreu does walk, let's say he does, where do you? Th- what are? What's the destination you think for him? And don't say Cubs. Can't say Cubs. Well, I, mean, I, I think the I think the number one answer is Houston, right? Yeah. I, yes, I would say Houston or maybe even San Diego because I know I've heard a lot of people say Josh Bell's not coming back. What about Anaheim? They just you know they got rid of lost pool holes. Uh, I mean, I think see. Houston makes. I think Houston makes like just more sense. It would be sense, somewhere yeah. warm, I would think, and it would be a team ready to win now. That and again, like, again, again doors. <laughs> and the other thing, I am trolling, but like, if the Cubs, the Cubs need like a first baseman slash DH. Right. No, I do need Jose Abreu does fill a need for the Cubs, and yeah, I think yep, that's absolutely. one of the reason. That's one of the reason why I get like mildly and upset when you say it because I can actually see it happening. Convenient move. Yes. He keeps his family, you know, in place and blah, blah, blah. Or maybe he just says, fuck it all, goes to Miami, closer to home, and is like, I'm just riding it out here. Yeah, because, like, that, wasn't that, that, that like a rumor? Too. Well, we said it was KB2, the, the fact that it would be very easy to just to stay in town. You don't have to do a lot of movement. Like, yep. that wasn't a that wasn't a horrible destination. That was not, like, not on his list. That, that was a win if that if that had come up. The same thing probably for Abreu. The, you know, the, the less, um, the less uh, disruption in your regular life as possible, especially your routine. Hold on, hold on. This is for Mitch. <laughs> yeah, dog NASCAR. Fuck Kyle Bush. <laughs> yeah, dog. A little, a little early, but we. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, dog goes by no clock. Uh, but Brian makes a great I'm point here, though. Circle. <laughs> Polak accepts his option, which God damn it, he's probably going to. After yeah. arms and raises, payrolls is going to be around 170 million. Uh, Brian says he'd be surprised if the organization has a baseline around 160. They're not going to go to 190 again. And this actually brings a point that I wanted to mention. Uh, what night was it? I think it was Monday night. Um, our friend Josh Nelson from Sox Machine did uh, one of his Twitter uh, hangouts with uh, Jordan, and it was definitely past Jordan's bedtime. I'm pretty sure he's still grounded. But um, wait, wait, Jordan, Jordan Miller, Jordan Lazowski. Oh, Lazowski. Oh, Lazowski. Yeah. Okay. I only when I say Jordan, there's only two men I speak of: Michael and Jordan Lazowski. But um, Jordan Panettiere. No. One thing that Josh said, and I think out of all bloggers, Jordan Peele, podcasters, and the White Sox, and I'm I'm saying all, I think Josh is one of the most plugged in guys out there. And one of the things he said on the hangout, which I thought was extremely interesting, is he's already being told that season ticket sales are atrocious for next year right now for the White Sox. Like, at, like worst they've ever been, atrocious. And because no one's buying season tickets, they lost, like, half their sales staff. Because these kids are sitting there trying to sell these things. They're not making any money. 
So it's just like, fuck this. I work on commission. I'm not going to make any money. I'm going somewhere <laughs> else. I mean, the market's pretty volatile, volatile right now for salespeople. And so they're probably just like, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere and make money. But uh, yeah, that'd be fine. I, that would never oh, happen. But yeah, I would, I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. I'll take that bait. Yeah, but I feel like... side and trade? Well, what's the what's the one thing that we've said on this show a million times that Rick Hahn's really good at in his tenure at, with the White Sox? Lawyer uh, talk. Well, besides uh, makes that, Jerry money. Makes Jerry money. Yeah, you know trades? what's happening right now? Jerry no. ain't making no money. So I feel like... I said it before. I said it at the deadline, like this is the trade deadline that can really dictate the rest of Rick's career with the White Sox, and he just did nothing. Hence my name down here. Um, but this could be the off season where they're just like, I could either see Jerry being like, "All right, well, you know what? They're saying fuck me, so fuck them," and they're just not going to do anything, or he goes the same route as that old dude in Detroit did before he kicked it, and it's just like, here's the checkbook go fucking bananas like, like seriously I, like what is jerry most concerned with right now like honestly getting a good p in right now is probably more important to jerry reinsdorf than how much money he spends on a winner he wants to win he needs a distraction he's like mari baldstein come on just a little peeps little peeps and he's mm-hmm. he's out here he's trying to get some he's trying to he i think he needs to i mean if he's i mean there's no guarantee for tomorrow for anybody obviously but obviously his his time is ticking and and for him i don't know how there's not a panic like say Oh, like I don't know how he doesn't open it up. To be honest, like I, 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 someone, I mean, guys, guys, wouldn't you? Guys. Like, if you were in that position, where you're like, this is not, I'm, I got we've nothing. We've seen left. the White Sox. We've, you can't take it with you. Let's go. We've seen the White Sox. I, okay, I so this is obviously every time uh, a front office guy speaks, uh, you have to kind of like read in between the lines, and you know, there's a part of like, there's like a probably a small bit of truth and like just a lot of bullshit talk. But Rick, I remember last year, Rick Hahn in the offseason, right at like in October when they did their end of the year press conference, and they were talking about the needs that the team had to fill, you know, which was second base and right field. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the bigger at the time, because there was the, I think the free agent market for outfielder was a lot better than for second baseman, at least. He like literally said, like just straight out of it, he's like, yeah, we're probably going to, for right field, we're probably looking at internal options. And everyone was like, at first, they were like, um, you know, he's just saying that right now. He doesn't want to give anything away. Look at look at all these good free agents out there. Like they they should be aggressive and go after them. They need a right, right fielder. They haven't had a right fielder in day like ten plus years, whatever it's been. It's gonna be callous. And then they just yeah. didn't. And what what well, what was their solution? It was just like, all right, we have Gavin Sheets. We'll mix in Andrew Vaughn. Uh, you know, when Angle was healthy, and then you know. <laughs> Pollock when he started. We'll just throw a bunch of first basemen out there. And, Someone will figure it out. And like, and again, <laughs> maybe Rick. <laughs> so so bad. It's die. so fucking Thinking bad. Back to this what a dumbass plan. Yeah, just throw some first basemen out there. They'll figure it out. And so, and so then when he had this little press conference the other day after the Larusa retirement, and he's talking to the media, and again. Or maybe he just like somebody told him like, "Hey, Rick, stop being like such a fucking cocky asshole. You haven't accomplished shit. Stop like having these press conferences and you know giving yourself so much credit before winning anything." But he did again, pretty much say, "Yeah, guys, we're not going to be spending a lot of money. We're we're going to go do the trade route, and hopefully, I can fix this. Otherwise, but he and like not directly. He's like, yeah, ownership. You know, ownership. We're not going to spend a lot of money." So I think he might be doing that 
I have a theory. Rick constantly gets torched for the money will be spent line. So maybe he's trying to tamper, like he's trying to like switch it up a little bit. Like, guys, I'm not gonna spend money. Surprise! <laughs> like, you know, surprise Larry Garcia extension. Yeah, God. Fooled you. Fooled you. Here's Aaron Judge. But I mean <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I feel like he, he loves the lawyer talk. And maybe that's what he's doing. He's, he's he gets real pretty with them mouth words. I mean, man, man maybe I gotta, he's just setting I gotta, I gotta say low this. expectations. Yes. I have to say this, man. It takes a sad. I mean, maybe we should put a moratorium on calling your shot for a bit because there's been a lot of dudes that are getting burned on these cold takes. But like after the parade, you got to have a little bit of sack to go. Yeah, after the parade, like at least you got to appreciate the moxie because if they won the World Series this year, we're going back to that moment going, oh, Han has a pair. But now. Those things are so shrunken, and they're like they're like a horse. It's all but all up in the body. Yeah. They're just gone. Yeah, they're snipped. They're snipped. You know what's so crazy too? But think about just like everything that's gone wrong with the White Sox, and much by their own doing. Yes, again, they had a lot of bad luck with injuries, but every fucking team does. Mm-hmm. Look at the Braves last year; they lost their best player, didn't fucking miss a beat in the second half. It's not like the White Sox back in after 2020 or even after 2021. It's not like they needed to land the number one free agent out there, right? No. It's not like they it, they didn't need there the three hundred so million dollar right contract. Builders. Yeah, they like the they could have had their choice of like those solid to good free agents, and they're just like uh, Kendall Graveman, Joe Kelly, Gavin Sheets can hold it down. Like so- whoa. This tweet what was that? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but this tweet is about a half hour old. Vinny Duber, uh, <laughs> Brian cracks me up, too. Brian's a funny fucking guy. <laughs> Brian, drop your Twitter handle in the chat, dude. I'll fucking bump it for <laughs> you. You're, follow funny. You're a funny dude, man. But anyways, apparently when everyone left the stadium today, all the fans cleared out. Vinny Duber from CHGO, <laughs> new buddy of mine, he's a good dude, took this awesome <laughs> picture. Somebody left a sign on the 2005 White Sox statue that's right in front of home plate, and it just says, if Abreu leaves, so do I. And I don't know why this picture is, like, hitting me so hard, but it's just, like, the fact that it's dark and there's not a soul there and all the windows are locked up, it's just, like, I don't know, dude. It's it's a cool picture. Good job, Vinny. That's fucking dope. (laughs) Sorry. I just, that caught my eye, and I was just, like, holy shit. Oh, here. Everybody that's watching the show, go follow Brian right now yeah. at Magnificent Stan. Dude is fucking hilarious. But um, okay, so ahead, I Brian. I think we literally started the show saying that we didn't want to go to the negatives. So after it's all that negative like talk, magnet, let, let, let's get to some positives. <laughs> well, the the biggest positive for me would be Aloy Menes' second half. Yes. Yeah. I'm going with Aloy Menes' second half. Aloy Menes is the best hitter on the White Sox right now. At the end, of, as this season yeah. concluded. If you look back on the season, the best hit on the White Sox, Jose Abreu, obviously, we just talked about finished top 10 batting average in the league, whatever. Aloy Mendez is the best hit on the White Sox. Yep. If he, stay, if he stayed healthy, he would have been a legitimate MVP candidate. He wouldn't have beat Judge most likely. But you look at his numbers, if he kept that up for a full season, didn't get hurt, he'd be, he'd be in the, right up there. He'd be in the like top 10 voting or whatever. He'd get votes. you know. But, yeah, I guess – that's going to be my, my biggest positive takeaway from this season. And then, I don't know, let's kind of go round robin here, Mitch. What do you got? I'm going wild card. 
Davis Martin, my biggest positive. Now, his last start today kind of <laughs> dampered the mood, like bad timing. But uh, before today's start where he gave up nine runs, he had a sub four ERA, and they kind of just threw him in in random spots. Let's be honest, no one heard of who Davis Martin was before the season. He wasn't in spring training. Um, you know, he, he had a really funny story about how he was in double A. And uh, he, he was like in the bullpen and he smelled cigarettes and it was his pitching coach. <laughs> and, it was actually you know, me. Huh? It was me. I was ripping. Yeah, I was ripping heaters. Um, but no, I mean, he just kind of came out of nowhere pitching some really big spots. And I mean, he, he showed he showed me some. I mean, it's a good feel good story. I think, you know, maybe carve out a role next year as a long reliever. I definitely wouldn't have him in the starting rotation, but I think the kid earned a spot. And, you know, it's nice to have these feel good underdog stories once in a while. I could I can fuck with that. And I guess staying on the pitching side of things, obviously, Dylan sees showing off that he's a bona fide ace in this league. Uh, he took the huge stride forward. He's not going to win the Cy Young. That's Justin Verlander's. But he's top three candidate yep. for Cy Young. Like, oh, yeah. I think had a great year. Win. Still some uh, still some bumps to you know smooth out. You that know, was the first year for a full season where we're like, this is the guy we expected to get from the Cubs. He'd shown yes. flashes of it, but this was like, yes, this is finally the guy we've envisioned. His uh, transformation, so to speak, is complete. I agree. And then my other pitching one was Raylo. Yeah, yes. Great word, by the way. Kaikalish is a great word. Uh, you, yeah. you have a rough year and you're kind of a dick, you're Kaikalish. Um, Raylo, we didn't know what to do with Raylo. You know, he, he showed flashes. We knew he had a big arm. And then all it took was some fucking stupid-ass LASIK eye surgery. And he came back and we talked about it last week, about the possibility of trading Liam Hendricks. If that does go down, maybe you give Raylo a shot at closer. I think he's earned that chance. Yeah, why not? But his emergence, like he, not only did he secure a bag for himself for the next couple of years because relievers like that get paid, um, I think it's awesome for a guy like that to finally find his place mm-hmm. in League baseball. You know, like he didn't know, was I a starter, was I a long reliever, was I surely, whatever. But, yeah, I, I'm really happy for Ray. He just seems like a good guy, too. He's easy to root for. Yeah, so. very much so. And we almost thought he wouldn't be on the team after he lost out on the fifth starter job to Carlos Rodon. Like, no one knew what he would do. Um, then now, yeah, like you said, he's carved out a nice nice role for himself, which is good to see. What else? You I, have a, I have another positive here. Um, yeah, lay it on me. I'm liking it. Although I appreciate you bringing this up because I'm feeling way better right now. Oh, man. I think I saw the sign earlier, like, in the, in yeah. the crowds. Dude, but yeah, t- but you got to know, Fidge, you got to get the one where it's, like, zoomed out. It's, it's like way more, more eerie. It's, it's like more, more eerie and like yeah, desolate. That's a good word. And like eerie and like yeah. So who would have thought that you were going to get a 1.9 WAR season from Sebi Zavala? Seb, Mitch, how about that's that? Mitch's guy, dude. That's Seb, Mitch's that's Mitch. I'm all about it, dude. I think Seb. Well, uh, what's his face showed these last couple games with the call Perez? up and the no point games? Perez, there you go. Look at that. Picture. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, gee. That's I mean, with, the, with the Sox logo, like in the yeah. background and the office light still on in the top left corner. Like, whoo, girl. That's that Rick Hahn, like, like talking to Jerry up there. Yeah, like, that's, is, wait a second. Is somebody hanging Rick Hahn over the edge like Shug Knight did to Vanilla Ice? Oh, I was no. just going to say God. Vanilla Ice Thanks. style. <laughs> See, we're on the same page with references. <laughs> um, but I think competition brings the best out of teams. You know, and especially for a team where death was a glowing issue all season. 
you have Yasmani Grandal, in which you can only hope bounces back next year. You know, I know injuries really fucked him up this year, but you hope because that's money that's not coming off the books. But that backup catcher shot, Savvy versus Perez. Let's go. Giddy up. Best man gets the spot. I love it. That's what sports should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I love, I, I like that shit. And that actually brings me to the next position of need, which is second base. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with Elvis. I think Elvis might be fool's gold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was Larry Garcia before he got here. And then he had a great month. And he's never played second base before in his life. And he's in his mid-30s. I'm just saying, you know, you just no, got you got to you have to lay it all out. Like, yes, it's been totally awesome. I love the Elvis gifts. I love rooting for him. He's been a huge spark plug, you know, for this otherwise down team in this last month of the year. But like, you especially for a team that's so tied up for money. <laughs> Fucking yeah, dog. I don't but, even know what that means, and I'm about to die. Uh, I don't think he knows. He doesn't know what it means either, but it's provocative. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what you do with Elvis. I really don't. I don't really care either way. If you do bring him back on a one-year deal with a second-player option, because he's getting the mid-30-player deal. Like you know uh, I mean? You're not the one thing I'll say about Elvis Andrews is, if you were a White Sox fan and when the, and when they signed Josh Harrison, you're like, what the fuck? You should have the same reaction right. to Elvis Andrews. If Elvis Andrews gets more than a year contract with a second-year option than the White Sox, it's what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's not a move that you're making to if you're a serious contender. Exactly. Like, this is a move that you make because you had an emergency. But not because this is your answer long term or like for a, a whole season. Brian kind of beat me to it in the chat. I honestly think someone else is going to try to offer Elvis a bag for shortstop. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No. Maybe. And I think that, I mean, they're going to literally take it away from Han, like protect like, him from himself. Which is case I'm all for it. Best case yeah. scenario is like you want the twins to be stupid because they're they're not gonna have parade. I'm not worried be like, about that. Oh, Elvis Andrews, come save us. I'm not. I'm. They're always dumb. But um, <laughs> I also oh now the White Sox are tweeting out quotes from Jose Abreu with infographic. Oh, that's from oh, six yeah. hours ago. I'm just seeing it now. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, Elvis will get a bag somewhere else. So at second base, though, you got Romy, you got Danny Mendek coming back from. Injury. Guys, remember, Mendick wasn't having a bad year before he got hurt. He was solid. He was carrying the offense. He was. He's pretty good. Uh, I mean, obviously, Larry Garcia's still here for some reason. Lenin. Lenin Sosa. Lenin Sosa, if he can straighten his shit out. So that's another position, though, that where they actually can have a competition. You know, I mean, obviously, Larry Garcia's on the team. It's just... You gotta accept that fact. Well, if he's used as like an actual utility player, and now that Tony's gone, maybe he's not in the lineup every day. He's like not a bad leadoff, or, overpaid, fine yeah. bench player to have. You know, spot there's nothing starts. wrong with having Yuri Garcia on your team. Yep, spot starts. That's it. Exactly. That's it. They spot they completely misused him this past yep. year. And it made him look a lot. I mean, look, he's he shouldn't be starting every day on a contending team. But if he is used properly, Yuri Garcia is a fine asset to have on your bench. Absolutely. That's a that's. That's it. That's fine. I'm fine with that. And then I think the other, I mean, you got to have a healthy, for all these other positions, it's just health. You know what I mean? It's Luis Robert got to be back and have two functioning arms. That is something, and I know we're trying to stay positive. Sorry, I'm dragging the mood back down again. No, but like, that is something that was really concerning, especially hearing some of his comments afterwards where he was like, 
Yeah, I was trying to play her, which props to him for being tough. I mean, we saw times Eloy just was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm done. And he was fine. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, so props to him for trying to gun through it. But he was like, yeah, like I was developing some really bad habits with my swaying, yep. like that were going to carry over. And Sebi Zavala talked about that too. Like he was like warning him. It's why he had a bad offensive season last year because he said like I had a similar hand injury. I tried to play through it. And then like, the stuff I had to do to minimize the pain with my swing, it carried over the next year and it took me like a couple months to like shake it. So that is something I'm a little concerned about with Luis Robert, especially if you look at his second half stats, it, it was pretty ugly. So hopefully he can correct that because playing those last couple weeks really like not only was it throwing away at bats, it, it was bad for his, uh, for his growth overall as a player. Uh, on a positive note though, too, and then Tanner McDougal actually just confirmed this. He said Garrett Crochet looked like, yeah, I was gonna get. To, I was gonna yeah. definitely get to that. I heard Gary yeah. Crochet is just like fucking... on, on that flip. He's gonna be a big addition. It's like it's like getting a free agent, yeah. dude. That could actually be. I mean, he could. You could throw him as a setup man, but like I, like you guys have talked about, it's not entirely po- like impossible to stretch him out at this point through his rehab. Um, as he's coming back, he's probably gonna be as healthy now as he's ever been for a bit. Mm-hmm. And you saw how they baby a little bit different, but I, I don't see him rushing him into a starter spot. No, I'm, I'm no. saying like three to three to five innings pitch, kind of like a, who who did the Cubs do that with this year? Although uh, uh, they started doing that last year with that, they did it with Steele, with Thompson. Steel, yeah, uh, they started mm-hmm. doing that with Thompson again this year, and Steele early on. They were keeping the uh, the pitch count uh, lower. But mm-hmm. and then this is another name though for second base, Jose Rodriguez. I saw mm-hmm. his name pop up a lot yep. in Double A. Um, so you got that, and then right field, I, I, in my opinion, it's going to be Oscar Colas. I don't see him spending money. I don't see him doing anything. I feel like they're going to, like I said last week, Fitz, when you were trying to sell us the Vegas guy, they're going to say, we have McDonald's at home. We're not going to go out and get McDonald's. We got McDonald's at home. It's Oscar yeah. Colas. Is that McDonald's, the, the, the AAA oh, World dude. Series Championship MVP? Like the hand. McDonald's I tried you to sell you? You forced my hand. By the- I don't give a shit. How about that? You I, mean, <laughs> I would love Wendy's at home more than McDonald's, so you could maybe get Wendy's. I was going to say, McDonald's has like a nice happy meal now. And then maybe I'm get, I'm getting one of those tomorrow, dude. My wife saw that today. I'm going to go get one tomorrow, dude, for sure. Tell me what the toy is, because they said there's a toy in there, too, along with the beer pouch. Can we have a conversation about how creepy the fucking Grimace looks with fucking four eyes? It's terrifying to me. Was adult happy? Have you seen Grimace's toy? I, I mean, Grimace is already a creepy ass. I just... Grimace. Yeah. <laughs> Creeper in that. Grimace is, God, Grimace. He like, I'm, seriously, Grimace, Grimace is. But, so, so, so I think. Listen, wait, I have a name for right field, by the way. Lay it on me. I'm all ears. Tri- so, uh, listening back to last week's episode with uh, Beefo. Do you say Jason Hayward? I am leaving. No, no, no. no, no. This is, this is a serious. This is a serious. Hey, Jason Hayward, see if he's bluffing. This is a serious suggestion. <laughs> Is a serious suggestion. I already did the you Jason Hayward troll last. You week. guessed it. You guessed it. Frank Stone. So what? What? What do the White Sox need? Left-handed uh, hitter. Left-handed, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully outfielder. Some pop. Maybe you can get him cheaper because he's had kind of a down year power wise. My guy. Please say my guy. Please say I my guy. So, but say your Seattle Mariners only oh, has one more year before he becomes a free agent. No, Jesse dude. Winker. No, oh, I thought you were gonna oh. say Hanniger. I was like, they're not gonna spend. No, on no, Hanager. Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker. He, I mean, he he's been kind of shitty this year because the power numbers are down. I could see. But what it. does he do? It's a very White Sox thing to do. He still walks a lot, and then he still has a lot of power in that bat. Just you know, it's down here. But that that's guy. A very, that's a very White Sox signing. And by the way, 
I'm officially a Seattle Mariners fan yes. for the playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm going Phillies. I'm rooting for the Phillies, by the way. But I, I didn't. Say, no, I wasn't. When I said say my guy, I know all you in the chat, and I'm not going to say his name, Yumper. Uh-huh. Adam Frazier? No, I was talking about Cody Bellinger. Oh, uh, well, he's going to the Cubs. Yeah, go Jock Peterson. I thought you were going to Peterson. Yeah. I want Cody Bellinger. Hmm. Mainly the Cubs I'm, a huge fan. I'm just a huge Sorry. fan of Cody Bellinger. It's like, no, like, he can play right field. He's a big lefty bat. He's had a down here. He had a little bit, a little bit of a bounce back this year. They like putting guys yeah. that can play first base in right field. <laughs> I mean, and he actually can play right field, so that's actually. But he's actually, no, he's actually solid. He's like he's, he's got an absolute hose out there, dude. He can yeah. mm-hmm. play the outfield. No, uh, I mean, pretty, uh, it's better small. than this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. By the way. It just goes to show you, you just see some plays like from Vaughn, and it's like, oh, like he wasn't that bad. But then, like, and I know yeah, analytics aren't perfect, but like, man, I didn't realize he was literally the worst outfielder in baseball. The worst yeah, outfielder in baseball. Feel like, and like, you knew he was like under, like below average, but it never felt like he was the worst. And then, I guess that's the other thing. You made the easy ones look hard. That's the other thing that um, <laughs> White Sox fans really need to fuck off with. Is telling me that he wasn't that bad in the outfield. Statistically, he was the worst <laughs> outfielder in baseball. Like I, I get it, dude. I watched every game too. Mitch did too. Like he's the worst outfielder in baseball. It's like the anti Yasmani Grandal from his like first year. Everyone was like, he looked terrible. It's like, well, the numbers say he's actually a pretty yeah, good. Actually, <laughs> he's pretty good, and he gets on base and shit. Time. It's like, yeah, it's not bad. But I don't know. They're gonna need to figure it out in right field. Um. But the thing is, this is all going to have to come via trade. So who do you trade? I, I trade Gavin Sheets. Yep. I mean, we all know what we almost did. Yeah, I mean, hey, call again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, call, see, call see if they, they just gave him 30 mil. You got to guarantee 30 mil on the books for the one-year deal. Don't just oh, leave a voicemail. Yeah, Actually talk to somebody. See if you can get no, through the secretary. I want to ask you guys come something on, about that. Get you know, we uh, left the voicemail. Uh, you know... <laughs> We had a table uh, at the phone and you know, just didn't work out. Yes, I Mitch, dialed zero for the general inquiries line and nobody got back to me. Mitch, I even you sent them are, info at Mitch, you <laughs> are our official, official Rick Hahn impersonator for this show. Yeah, that, dude, your, that was really good. Mitch has Rick Hahn. You can add that to your Twitter bio, NASCAR <laughs> Minute Mitch and official Hahn. Hahn impersonator for Impressionist. Pimble Impressionist. Um, but I really love what the Angels did with him, giving him the one-year $30 million to avoid arbitration. But how awesome is it going to be when they turn around and call these teams and they're like, you can have them for $30 million and then you got a year to figure it out. It's a pretty good deal. Yep. Like, we already set the market for you right there, and then you can give him, you know, whatever, his own island, whatever the fuck you want to do. But I think that was a really good strategy by them. I don't think he plays a full year in Anaheim next year. Oh, no, I don't think there's a no, chance no, no. that Holly plays a full year in Anaheim, but I think that just I don't made think his... he starts the year in Anaheim. I can see it. I mean, I know people like seem to think that them giving him thirty million is going to make it all better and go away. No, well, all they did was make him a more enticing trade piece. Yeah, I mean, they they, they made his life better, but the Angels right. still suck. These yeah. are terrible. <laughs> they have two generational talents. Mike Trout just had another forty home run. 100,000 OPS season. Was that the season. 40 home run season? He missed right? 40, he missed 40 <laughs> games. He missed 40, he missed 40 games, games yeah. and hit 40 home runs this year. Now, he doesn't jump around and say, everybody look at my wiener. Like, he's not that kind of guy. So, like, again, 40 home runs goes under the radar. 
He got more PR this What's year for having those kids an autograph than he did for hitting the 40 home run. I kind of wish he was that jump around, look at my wiener guy, because yeah, he needs to market himself better, dude. Well, he needs to get out of Anaheim. He needs to, get, he needs well, to stop see, playing thing, baseball though. games at 11 o'clock at night. That's Some guys like he, to he in at night, to. tuck it in, and, and, and dance with their with their uh, shawl on. You know, I'm and, just saying. But the like, shot, I remember like, it was like the second, second or third year in the league. I went to go see him play when they came to Chicago, and uh, it was like the first time in his career. I think it's the only time in his career today. He went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. John Dank struck him out three times, oh, and wow. it was it was off. I was I actually wanted to see Mike Trout play with. He just walked back to the dugout four times in a row. <laughs> there you go. You saw history. Yeah, saw. honestly. Did that happen recently too against the White Sox? And it's like he's only done that like five times in his career, and like it was twice against the White Sox. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and from now on, when all of you talk at the same time, instead of getting mad, I'm just gonna start saying really stupid shit out loud because it's just gonna get blended in. Because <laughs> that's the thing, we could always hear like a bit of it. Like all I heard yeah. was like, I would want to see him do that. Yeah. Or when you guys were just doing, <laughs> when you guys just did it last time, I go, Mike Trout's the White Sox confirmed, and no one heard me. So. <laughs> Keep going. I'm just gonna keep doing that from now on because fuck it. Off season podcasting, baby. Um, where are you going? Where were we? Yeah, that's right. By the way, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, you gotta put your fucking NASCAR boner away, man. (laughs) We do that at the end, dude. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What contract is terrible? Thirty million dollars for one year of Otani. Sign me up for that. He's talking about Uh, Trout. Oh, Trout. That's not terrible either. He's worth every penny. Yeah, what? Stop. We don't like to pay the athletes. Um, <laughs> that's the other thing. But uh, so you need Luis Robert back healthy. Let him heal up. I think Yohan Moncada showed some really good flashes in the second half of the season. His glove remained consistent all year. It was the bat that was, you know, bad for the first half of the year, first three quarters of the year. But okay, maybe fix that up. But as far as trade pieces are concerned, uh, my number one trade piece for the White Sox is Liam Hendricks. Number two is Gavin Sheets. Huh. And lost in all of this is Tim Anderson's coming back. You know that guy that started the All-Star game? Well, He's which, pretty good. Which Tim Anderson He's, are you get? Well, we'll find out. I don't I think, think I complete lack of respect for all of a sudden. You know, he's gone for a couple of weeks. Everyone forgets about him. Right, which... I, well, no, but see, the I never thought I is, had to remind White Sox fans that the dude just literally started the All Star game this year. Yeah, the crappy thing is, is like when you look at the the number, at least numbers wise. Again, you, you don't know what he means to the clubhouse and everything else. Yeah. I mean, Elvis Andrews did like perform at the, like similar clip, and it just did not matter. Yep. yep. Like it, it has to be the other guys. Like it has to, like Luis Robert has to be the stud. He has to stay healthy. Eloy Jimenez can't keep just getting injured on stupid ass shit because otherwise you can still have like a great hitting uh like shortstop like you had that production there even without tim anderson for the last two months and it did not matter yeah i mean I'm, uh, <clears throat> and you go on that's probably the biggest guy hmm. he's on tim's level right now he's getting there he's better defensively already he's one of the best he's arguably the best defensive shortstop in baseball something tim will never be so I'll I'll take that right there. So it is an actual debate. It's not dumb Cub fans, Jumper. I'm sorry. I will take. I would actually right now at this point where the way they're playing with the black cloud that's been surrounding Tim Anderson, I would take Nico Horner nine out of ten times. Sorry, I'm not I sorry. For that. 
that's, but I'm not sorry for that opinion, though. He's, no, he's, you don't he has, have to be. I mean, he, you don't his, have to be. Fine. His numbers come back this year. He's one of the top three or four shortstops in the he, game of baseball, uh, and Tim Anderson's not close right now. If we do the right Nico now. versus Tim uh, months, debate but... right now, that's like it's like a similar thing of 2019 when he first popped out, and it was T.A. versus Baez. Because at the time, yeah. Baez was coming off three straight good years. It was Tim Anderson's first great year, and it's like, well, right. yeah, like Tim Anderson – He's, he had a great season. Yeah, let's see do it all. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. That's fine. It's, that. it's, it's hard to judge when Tim Anderson has a down year, but the fact is right now, currently, if I had to put a lineup together, I would put Nico Horner in the lineup over Tim Anderson right now. But that's right now. That's I There's mean, an offseason to come in. There's an offseason yeah. where he could come back. And if he I mean, if he plays like this next year, he, I would still take Nico. If, if, if it stays this, this way currently as it is right now, yes, have more than one good year. But if it stays like this, consistently this is the baseline of both i take nico horner on this because nico i mean sorry i just i take the defense and a dude that's right. gonna give me a favor. Here and- first and foremost stop fucking saying you're sorry second of all <laughs> i would probably put nico <laughs> in i'd probably put nico in right now too because tim's got a broken ass hand well that like, too that- tim law missed two months of the season i understand what you're saying about nico and i agree with both you and all those take here where I just need to see a couple more seasons. Tim's won batting titles. He's an all-star game mm-hmm. starter. And I don't think I mean his I think bad year was 301. I think that. it's a little yeah, his bad year was 301 and I think I don't agree with the statement that Tim will never be an elite defensive shortstop. I think he can get there. I really do. The tools are there. I, I mean, well, he's probably more between the ears with him. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know, but I get what you're saying and I'm not by any means, sitting here saying Nico's not good. I think Nico's... Nico oh, yeah, double the war of Tim Anderson this year. I mean, of course. So Tim missed two fucking months. Stop doing that, Kevin. You, you're sounding... Do you want to see, you see the numbers like the last three months of the season last year? You're smarter than this. Do you want to see the numbers in the last three months of the school, last year's season, too? That's Does three that months, count? Kevin. Stop taking fucking cherry picking. Okay, so two season and a half is not enough. Got it. What, the same one where... Nico wasn't an all-star and Tim started the all-star game? Or are we including the part oh. where Tim was a betting champion? But I was told the all-stars don't matter because it's voted on by fans. I didn't tell you that, so don't put it in this argument. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what some moron on Twitter said. If you that's, why I, smart, that's, why, I that's why I kept saying sorry. That's why I kept saying sorry. That's why I get frustrated because you're smarter than this. I said sorry for a reason. Anyways. No, come on. So it's because, okay, so. So Again, so 2020 through 2022, Nico Horner, he's had, he finally played a full majority of a full season and he popped off. And yes, it's unfair because Tim Anderson missed the last two months uh, and then he just declined so rapidly after he came back from his injury. But again, it goes back to, you know, the do you think he's going to be better the next three years? Like, obviously, now who has the better track record? Yeah, Tim Anderson. But I would say Nico is trying in a better direction. Yeah. But so, I, also, I mean, I mean, guy, this is all semantics right now. Right. Yeah, this is, there's a lot of we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, and I think it's a silly thing to be like, he's the best shortstop in the city. Oh, I mean, well, that's just like, you, you that's think that's that Tim Anderson stuff. will be the starting shortstop of the Chicago White Sox after the next, after 2024? I don't know. Uh, that's what, I mean, I was just asking. I don't, I don't know because Tim could come back and bat 332 this year again and fucking be the amazing top three shortstop he was two years ago, or he can come back from this injury and be dog shit. I don't know. Not a doctor. Again, <laughs> I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's going to do. Nico definitely had a good year and is treading in the right direction. He's a very, very good shortstop. 
He's a very good shortstop. I think the Cubs just solidify that position, which is great because the Cubs, if you want to talk about the positives from the Cubs, they had so much young talent on that team that just showed, like we talked about Sevy showing us something or like Romy showing us something. The Cubs had a lot of guys that showed us something. I mean, the a first lot of pitching, which is good pitching, to see yeah. because mm-hmm. you always which, want pitching depth, right? Because you yes. never want to get stuck in a situation where like you do sign a big free agent starting pitcher and like they get hurt or they struggle. And then because you did that, you didn't really add like another depth guy. But the Cubs don't really yeah. have to worry about the depth people. They have the depth no. people. They have a lot of depth people. Now Pitching's they just need to go for that star pitcher. Pitching's expensive. If you yep. could have a bunch of homegrown pitching, it's going to save a lot of money, and you can go look elsewhere and spend money elsewhere. And which, but they also, what's the kid? Morel? Morel? Morel, for Morel, solid utility guy. You think uh, he's a utility guy? You think that's where he's at? Yeah, because I mean, he's, he, he's not, unless they're going to stick him at second base, which I wouldn't mind, but I don't think he's like an everyday guy or like an everyday. He's not like a, he's like he's not the guy that you pencil in like you start the year like yeah this guy's gonna start 150 times at one position. He'll probably be good for like a 130 to 140 games and like second base, center field. Maybe you need your shortstop day off. He can play third base. He can play all over the place. But center field has been all that pretty. And again, it's not his natural position, so I didn't really expect him to be that great defensively in center field. But it hasn't been that good really. He has, I mean, he, he's a freak athlete, but that just because just you have that doesn't mean you're going to be uh, great defensively. I think second base is his best position on defense, but then... What happened with the Asian dude? He Say Suzuki. Bounce back. He did great. That was a genuine question. I honestly, I wasn't trying the, to be the like... The Cubs have... It's so frustrating because, again, it, there are a lot of positives, especially on the, on the, on the pitching side. Mm-hmm. But you know, offensively, they have two very solid corner outfielders. Like Ian Happ is mm-hmm. maybe going to win a Gold Glove for left yeah. field. He's been really good, and his offensive numbers stayed consistent the entire year. I think he had like maybe like a two week stretch where he like he dipped, and you're like, oh, here we go, Ian Happ. He's going to go back to like being bad. Like no, he just stayed consistent the entire year. So if I recall, Suzuki, wasn't that near the trade deadline too? It was kind yes. of that like dip. So he had all those distractions going yep. on. Anyway. Yep. That yeah, that was like in July. Yeah, when he started to like maybe get in his head a little bit. Say Suzuki had his ups and downs, but you'll take it because he was a rookie. It's first time facing MLB pitching. He has had his success. His success. Then he got just beat up for a while. <laughs> then he had an injury. Came back. Was great again. Then got adjusted to again, and then he made the adjustment back again. So great. You love to see that from Say Suzuki. Uh, we mentioned Morel. He's a guy who can you can plug into a, diff- a couple different spots. Nico Horner, breakout year. Like, top two, top three defensive shortstop in the league. Love it. And then... I think it was the best. And then, he was, yeah, I think, he was I think second among shortstops. He was second among uh, shortstops in, in outs above replacements. Uh, he was 4.4. His war was 4.4 this year, by the way. I apologize for that. My apologies. It was higher than all but two of two managers this season. Um, and 11% strikeout rate. Uh, 733 OPS, which is fifth among uh, shortstops. His strikeout rate was second in the National League, uh, and then his 19 stolen bases were the most by a Cubs since 2018. So the Cubs have like the so they have like four, like what four guys that you can count on. They kind of get you kind of know what you're getting heading, heading into next season, and then they have that dude who just killed it at tr- like all the levels this year in the minor leagues, uh, Matt Mervis. 
He's like, like, all right. I feel like every time I open Twitter, it was another video of him hitting a bomb. Yeah, yeah, he had, I think he had like 36 home runs this year. Um, so it's like, it's like, all right, well, maybe he, that's a guy that you can, at the beginning of the year, platoon against, you know, at first base or maybe DH. I have no clue how good he is defensively. But all I know is that that dude just has been hitting ever since the Cubs signed him. Uh, I think he was an undrafted free agent in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then, sadly, you do have some holes that they do have to fill. Because, again, second base, I wish Nick Magical stayed healthy. He hasn't. Every single year, injury. Multiple injuries, it seems like. I'd do it, I'd do it for you, Yadog. Wait, real uh, quick, although, since Yadog's back here, um, <laughs> what is Yadog's obsession with your forehead, Fitz? Um, he, wants to, he, actually, uh, he wants to buy it as property. Okay. Wow, weird. Sure. I mean, it's more like a five head anyway, so I'm not sure he calls it a forehead. But uh, didn't Lincoln ban that? <laughs> <laughs> not with five heads. It's property. You just put a pin here that says "Yeah, dog space." Ah. He doesn't live rent free though, so it's fine. He's gonna have to pay. But so the Cubs I mean, need like a center fielder. They're gonna have Brennan Davis up eventually, but mm-hmm. again, he had a shaky year in 2022, and then injury stuff too. So he's not, he's not like a guaranteed uh, guy to start the year with the Cubs next year. Even Matt Mervis, like we, yeah, he killed it at AAA. We've seen a lot of guys kill it at AAA. Right, Canario too. Know. Canario, uh, yeah, Alexander Canario, guy. He that guy. He had same more home Mervis. runs than Matt yeah. Mervis. Yeah, to say. <laughs> so that's the but thing. Do it. The same thing with the White Sox. As the Cubs, you just have to spend the money because they're they're yeah. you just I have to do it. As a Cubs fan, I would, you know, I, I would think you'd have to be thrilled with the way the season went, especially early on. How bad it looked! Like, boy, this team stinks. It doesn't look like they had, like, early on, it didn't look like they had a whole lot of future pieces pieces there anyway. It was like an unwatchable product, and the fact they were able to turn it around that second half, they were kind of a fun team to watch. It gave me a little bit of like 2019 White Sox vibes. Like you could tell they're like on the cusp, and but you said it, it's, they're just gonna have to spend the money. The question is also with that with that too though is how do these guys play when when I mean the, the Cubs have been out of it since like the end of May so how do these guys play in a pennant run how do these the guys pressure. play when the pressure is actually on and how do they play when you know it you you can't you know show up every third day and have a big day and then you know have consistent winning baseball I mean yeah the Patrick like for the Patrick Wisdom show is a perfect example you know everyone gets excited about that because he shows up and he has a great day every like seven days every seven games it's awesome but it, it, it's it's a losing ball club kind of thing but the stats look great. Um, in this case, the pressure's off on these guys, and they went out and they played. Uh, and, and look, you know, you want to talk about, uh, you know, guys that played really good baseball. I mean, the Cubs went out and got, you know, again, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of him for everything that happened with KB and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. But Jed Hoyer is the king of finding someone's trash and turning into a goddamn diamond. I mean, look at Fran Mel Reyes. I mean, look at what he has done since the Cubs have gotten him. I mean, people are like, I've seen Cub fans demand that he come back as a DH. I mean, it's a good DH. I mean, you got to see how everything, you know, you know, floats out, but. You know, he picks up people's trash heap all the time. I mean, Canario, uh, Mervis, these are all guys that nobody else wanted. And he saw something, the analytics team, the advanced scouting, whatever it is. These guys do a hell of a job of picking out other people's talent once they're, they get an opportunity to see them like in a professional environment. Not so good at drafting actual prospects, but they're fantastic at looking at guys now once they've started playing within the construct of professional baseball. Guys to judge on it. I, 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 color me impressed. And then on the pitching side, just to finish off like the positives for the Cubs, 
like the starting rotation was, I think, a top three or top two. I think they were like right behind the Dodgers in the second half. Yeah, the rotation yep. was unbelievable. Marcus Stroman came back from I think he had like COVID and another injury. I forget what it was back in the first half. Uh-huh. He was amazing to end, to end the year. Uh, Drew Smiley came back from, uh, I forget what his injury was. He was amazing. Uh, Adrian Sampson, uh, he was looked a little shaky at first, and then he ended up the year like at a 3-2 ERA. Uh, and then we had the rookies come up. Uh, Wesneski. Oh, man. What a debut from that guy. Oh. Just uh, like a, a sub, uh, like sub two and a half ERA in his six outings. I think he made five starts. And this is a guy the Cubs got at the trade deadline for Zach Efros, who was a, a reliever with team control, which was we, we were a little bit critical, and at least I was, uh, on, on the trade at first because you're like, why are you trading a dude that's actually pretty inexpensive as a reliever that's actually been proven for this guy and this guy? I mean, was, was, he's been fantastic. Like, I, I know, he, was, he was amazing. That's the guy that's like, all right, well, um, again, from right, from right now, you want to use those guys as just your depth. In case mm-hmm. there's an injury, it's like, all right, well, we know what this guy can bring. He can fill in. If it's a month, he can fill in for that month. You don't want to re- rely on him for, like, you don't want to start the year next year and be like, all right, Hayden Wisniewski, we, we need 170 innings from you. Like, no, that don't don't put that much pressure on, on a rookie guy. Uh, Justin Steele, like, just what a great, great guy to root for. Bulldog he was the most valuable, most valuable Cubs pitcher. He had a 2-6 war. I mean. Finish the season. Keegan Thompson, another guy yep. who was who's awesome throughout the year. Uh, still kind of angry though. He gave up the lead the other day. Could have had the win over total. Um, look at uh, look at Steele's fit by the way. Like his the bat bip against him is three. He doesn't give up home runs. I think <laughs> I think it was until June he gave up his first home run of the year. Yep. So again, there's a whole bunch of positive signs. And again, yes, m- maybe these ga- these games didn't matter. They weren't playing under pressure. Right. That, but they That's still played above 500 baseball for like the last two months of the year. That's something. Mm-hmm. They, they have Marcus mm-hmm. Strope. They have a set like, oh, by the way, Kyle Hendricks can come back. He yep. was he was injured all year. That's why he sucked. He had I a shoulder like injury. Kyle Hendricks would thrive in like a four or five spot in a yeah. rotation. Like, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Fine. Right now, Kyle middle, Hendricks is like, velocity. <laughs> he got yeah, it's like, it's like wow, Kyle Hendricks could be like our fifth starter. Yeah. He was literally the opening day starter in 2022 for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And right now, he's probably maybe the fifth best option on the team. And when you get a season like this, too, where you're able to throw these guys out there, look, the one thing I don't offensively, I don't, I, I think a bad season is pretty easy to uh, kind of throw away as saying maybe the pressure's not on. But when you throw a guy on the bump, no matter what, that's an individual matchup. When you see the development of these guys on the bump over the course of the season, you can't throw that away. I, I can't toss aside good outings by a pitcher. I can toss aside. You know, a guy going four for four against a guy that shouldn't even be playing in the major leagues right now because he's they're playing against the Pirates and that they also sold everybody on their roster and the bolt, you know, all the arms in their pen. But I can look at pitchers who are going after everybody's, even when you're playing, you know, hitters, you know, the Cubs, they, you know, being out of it, they're not going to see everybody's number one and number two. They're going to see their four fives, you know. And in this case, you know, pitchers don't. The pitchers got to see your one through nine no matter what. So their development is far less fool's gold than something that you see from an offensive player because the stuff is still there. And you're seeing it against the actual dudes. That's the big part about seeing this pitching staff grow. And, and kudos to the Cubs for doing it. Um, you know, Justin Steele's performance this year, they've they've handled him every single step of the way, I feel, almost perfectly because of how they've stretched him out from a reliever and how they've just pushed him into this role. And, and you know, I mean, you get him out there, and he, he doesn't, like you say, he doesn't give him home runs. It's like, it's like 0.6 per nine innings um, or whatever. Uh, home, yeah, 0.6 for nine innings, which is insanely good. 
uh, compared to Rowan Wicks, you know, one point or uh, no, Kyle Hendricks is one point six. Um, Rowan Wicks too, though his was like what one 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 two nine. So, but he's just it's it's great to see the Cubs developing. This is the probably the most op- I don't. It doesn't mean the Cubs don't need to go after like a frontline starter if they can get it or <clears throat> Otani. But you have at least something that even if the Cubs rolled out a, a better lineup offensively, that pitching staff can at least if projected the way it is, and this doesn't even count, you know, like uh, some, some of the other, you know, like Killian being horrible every time he came up and he'll, he'll figure that out. Um, But they've got, they've got what they need. I'm not trying to sell, you know, jet on sitting on his hands when it comes to the pitching staff, but they wouldn't be dead. Even if the Cubs sat on their hands and like tucked it back, it doesn't matter that that pitching staff as is right now is decent, at least the starting spot. And that's the beauty of the, of their new pitching development that even with Caleb, if Caleb Killian just doesn't figure it out again, Mm-hmm. For I have no idea what happened to him that he just broke, could not find the strike zone this year. Mm-hmm. But even if he just comes, it just didn't work. It's a bust. The Cubs still have like four to f- like six other guys in their system right now at the upper levels or in like in the big leagues who you feel comfortable being like, you yeah, know, we it's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine that one of these starting options just didn't pan out. And you, and you, and it's not, it's not like a big panic in the organization. Like, fuck, this was our guy, and he just. He just couldn't figure it out because you have Hayden Wisniewski. You have Ben Brown. I, I brought him up like a few weeks ago. Adbert. So you were looking up. Adbert. You still have Adbert. I was like, who's just like, even if he's not a starting pitcher, he's just like the, your long reliever to maybe Raylo type of uh, pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javier Assad, who just came up oh, uh, back yeah. in August. He, I, I, I mean, he doesn't have the flashiest stuff, but this, the dude gets outs. Is the this dude the, gets is outs. This a- Alder, do you think this is a result of them getting the dude from Cleveland that 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 was like a master of finding pitching talent, or is this prior? Even some of these guys it prior. Was, I think it, just, it was. I think it was around when Theo left, or it might have been before his last year. They just basically replaced all of their hitting development and pitching development. They started all over again because their pitching development was a failure. Didn't they hire the like, the drive, like 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 a driveline type company? They added one of those guys, but I think oh man. I, Field, I should know his name, but I forget the uh, Craig uh, Craig Breslow. Okay, he's the guy who was put in charge of the pitching development, and like he basically is getting all the credit for the success that we're seeing. It's fantastic, oh, it's, it's... Mitch. I think uh, Yeah Dog sent you something. Hopefully, it's <laughs> nudes. That'd be great. Yeah Dog nudes. Oh man, I've got a few of those there, <clears throat> Oh, and nice. by the way, Carlos Correa, remember his shitty start turned out yeah. to be like just amazing. I still want Carlos mine. Correa. <laughs> Yeah. I feel um, yeah. Third baseman, great. The, the, the argument though can be made about Carlos Correa and meaningful baseball though. It seems like he he went. I, he was carrying the offense in August when they're still in it. Well, they went. Yeah, but then, he, he was playing for the Astros in the World Series. Yeah, in fact, one would say that his down year is because he played for the shit ass Twins. Could be, and it's not even a down year. Yeah, it's not even a down year. I mean, we were talking yeah. about how great Nico Horner was. Carlos Correa, his OPS is 100 points higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, g- could, give, give me the I, again. Love Nico Horner. Give me the star shortstop, Carlos Correa. Yeah, but, but oh. pay him extra to play third. Fuck it. Like pay him a convenience fee. He's not going to play short very long. He's, he's probably got one or two seasons there. And after this, take money to play for a winning team. That's, wow. Well, I was going to bring it up to because th- this is all being compared to like the last rebuild that the Cubs had. Mm-hmm. That Should rebuild be. started in 2012, 2013, and then 2014, they went 73 and 89. What did they do that offseason? 
signed John Lester. Big free agent. He he wasn't coming to a winning team, but they, they had to sell him on the plan. It eventually worked out. Cubs, we all knew this was a rebuild. We didn't know how long it was going to last. Again, I was more optimistic than others in terms of the length of it. This year, they finished 74 and 88. Mm-hmm. Go sign that big free agent, starting pitcher now. Because you still need that. Yep. Marcus Stroman's been great, but he's not. He's like a two. You still need that ace. The Cubs doing ace. this. The Cubs doing this literally stamps down like the final gavel on you have to spend this offseason. If you don't spend this offseason, you're taking a team that is just a couple pieces away from contending, and you're just wasting. And that will tell us everything we need to know about the front office and, and obviously ownership. They have. They don't. Have, the, 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 this finish by the Cubs and the incredible like positive goodwill they got to, in this finish only increases the optimism for Cub fans that it now expect more than they did even, that this rebuild end and it becomes now a let's go after this offseason and start spending on some free agents. If they don't, you're going to see a bigger backlash than even this year from just the regular fans. Even the meatball fannies are going to start getting a little bit pissy because they're so close at this point. At least it looks like they're a lot closer than we we, we saw. And you know, you could say about you know this is a different type of rebuild than the, the, the original one. They have the talent. This this time that they had to trade away, but we can also flip it around and say, well, this is the equivalent of having a fantastic early drafts the way that Theo did with that group. This one happened to be trading away your superstars to get that type of talent as well in the organization. And one could argue that there's even more talent in the Cubs organization now, at least potential wise, ceiling wise than even they had then. And so, you know, it, it, it does suck and I'm pissed off and it, it does suck that, that how it happened. It should have been both. You should be able to have both, I think. Uh, having a good, you know, the Dodgers have proven. I mean, the Dodgers have like seven dudes in the top 100, and they are also, you know, the best team by far in baseball. It's it's possible to do both. But if you're going to have to do it, this is just another way to skin a cat in, in a sense, and Theo's done a good job with it. Uh, I, I can't I can't criticize that part of it. I, he's been shit with communication. He's been a douche, doucher in all those types of fronts. But, you know, the the it's working. If it, and, and if they finish it this offseason and, and throw down those final pieces, it could work. And, the, and just one last thing with with this cup saga, like uh, how aggressive they should be and how close they are to competing. Uh, the same, so congratulations to the Cardinals. Like, fuck you, but uh, they won the division. They're they're not they're not a juggernaut. No, they're they're not like the Braves, the the Mets winning a hundred games. They're not the Dodgers just dominating in the West. They're not the Yankees or like the Rays just being amazing throughout the entire year. Uh, they're not the Houston Astros. Like, you are in a very winnable division. And, like, the Milwaukee Brewers just, like, broke their fucking team psychology or their team psyche at the trade deadline because they just tanked right yep. after, uh, what was it, August 1 or whatever. Which is wild because the guys they traded away all played like shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was worth it because, like, that was kind of like a lose-lose for everyone. Yeah, that was, that, was, <laughs> that was just weird. It's a weird situation, but. But, but the, oh. again, so it's like, you know, the Brewers, yeah, they've been pretty solid pitching, but, like, their offense sucks. The mm. Cardinals, they're just getting by because they're in a shit division. So, Cubs, Roddy, just Roddy step up. He had 35 yeah. homers this year. Roddy Tillage, I mean, hey, he's pretty solid. Double, double the White Sox team lead. <laughs> this would be an outcher. That would be an outcher. That would hurt. That would hurt my soul. Yeah, I'd be okay I with him. Well, Brewers. no, I would because it wouldn't be on the Sox. So then, then I'd then I'd be pissed. But you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 the oh, Brewers. Nope. Speaking I, of people leaving, though. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, oh, we could Huh? Were you going to bring up Wilson Contreras? No. Oh, well, he's I was going to bring him up. 
He's, I mean, I think it's been sadly made pretty evident to him. Just the Cubs haven't approached him at all. They treated uh, him like shit during yes. the trade deadline too. Yeah, very like, I, much. Him, I wouldn't want to come back. They're like, fuck you guys. I ain't taking a discount. I ain't coming back. You better I'm come kinda, I'm not kind of glad that he has finally, I think he's finally put his like feelings aside. He's like, well, fuck you guys too then. Yep. Yep. He, knows he's not, he knows he's not even going to get a QO. He's not going to get a QO. The Cubs don't want to risk paying him that much, I don't think. To be honest, that, that feels what that feels what it feels like. If they do, it, it's kind of a dick move because then his market will dry up fast because no one's yeah, going to give true. up trade because he's just he's he's his his he's a kind of a question mark behind the dish now because he only caught yes. like half the season, maybe like sixty percent of the season. So they're they're not even sure what you know. The Cubs so put him in bubble fans, You already have the eighteen million or so towards Grandall. You have Sebi, solid season. Mm-hmm. But would you, under any circumstance, be like, nope. fuck it, nope. dump Grandall, nope. get Contreras? Nope. They, well, they can't. I mean, they're paying them too much money as it is. Yeah. They're not going to eat all that money for another... Yeah, that would be like th- like $36 million into the catcher position for one Another year. right-handed bat. Yay. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, he's good. He, he kills it on the south side. Real quick, and I'm surprised we didn't bring it up earlier. Obviously, Tony officially retired. I would like to say, though, you know, we've had our differences with Tony throughout the year. Do I think Mm -hmm. he was a good manager? Absolutely not. Uh, I've disagreed with him multiple times, but I will give him props. Uh, He was very classy in his press conference and the way he headed out. Uh, You know, I mean, he didn't have to say anything nice about White Sox fans. We certainly didn't treat him well, you know, and he he, he kept it classy on the way out. So, props. You know what? I will say this. You never question his effort. Like, you could tell he wanted to win. He just wasn't very good at it at his old geriatric age at this right. point. But I, like, nice. I never questioned his desire to win. And props to him. I, I, I got respect for the guy. And I, hopefully he is healthy and good riddance. And I hope it was, I thought it was classy of the players, too, to show up. What did they say? Like 90% of the, the locker room showed up to say, yep. you know, that yep. press conference. That's class, man. That's yep. that, that doesn't show a locker room that hated there's 10% of those dudes that said, fuck off old man. The rest of them actually gave a shit about the old man. So there goes your, uh, the, a lot of those theories that the locker room hated him for some people that had that theory. There was a disconnect there. I think everyone respects yeah. the fact he was a hall of famer. That doesn't mean they had to listen to him. Like my third grade teacher, who I remember, oh, I remember as well. Yeah. She was a big Sox fan too. Yeah. I respect her, but there was, was an in that classroom. No one listened to what she had to say. We all like her and respect, but what was, her, what, was her, what was her name? What was her name? Mrs. Stevenson. There you go. See, now you did remember her. There you go. Yeah, I, yeah. She threw a party when Mark Burley threw a perfect game. They had a party the next day, so that's why I liked her. Great. Oh, oh so how do you feel? Oh, dude, <laughs> I got so drunk that night. Oh, I was at the game. Oh my god, dude! With his teacher, Mrs. Stevenson, in third grade. So it was just like you yep. were in third grade. You were in third grade. <laughs> yeah, bottles in class. Fuck it, dude. I got hammered that night. Oh man, that I was at the Palms. So did Mitch at the, at the party. You know, yeah. That Mitch got root beer drunk. Oh, there was chaos in that class, and there was like black market eraser sales under the desk. Like there was no order whatsoever there. Black well, that's market true. eraser sales. Um, I I feel like I'm gonna regret asking this, but hopefully oh, we're all on the same page. Where Where are you guys at with Aaron Judge? Good, good for him. Congratulations. Good year. You good know, year. Barry Bonds is still the home run leader, but you know, good for him. That's- so the home run thing, the, the most impressive me to the most impre- impressive thing to me is this is the best like all time bet on yourself move yes, of all time. One hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Contract year, 
yeah what did he decline like the like 200 and something million dollars and he's like mm-hmm. nah i'll be at the better time. it was a wild move at the yeah. time for me because uh-huh. it's like dude you're 30 you've been injured what are you doing yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I and then he Anthony, just has, and then he has the best season in like what, fifteen years or whatever. Yep. He is and I thought the, Anthony Rizzo like won when he bet on himself. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. an entirely different level of like, yeah, perfectly betting on your. This is like Lamar Jackson right now in the NFL. The or kind like, of season. Like we're saying like, Carlo, like Carlos Rodon. It's like yeah, he signed like the one year and then like the option, but he could opt out. And it's like oh, look at him. He's like, he's gonna get right, like right. some Cy Young votes, but like you yeah, know, Aaron Judge just historic yeah, season. Yeah. The yep. most comparable, I think, was Max Scherzer turning down the one hundred forty-four million, yep. and then he signed for the Nationals for like nearly twice that. But this is, like you said, like this was almost better than Scherzer's. You're not just the apples and oranges, position player and pitcher, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what I, you know what I can't wait for uh, for Roger Maris's son to go away. I people well, keep saying that. I don't, don't even understand that. Though. I don't go away, buddy. He's his dad's legacy. Like, give yeah. the, like the amount of hand jobs he gave Mark McGuire in 1998. Broadcast. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel bad for him. Uh, he, the hand jobs he gave to Mark McGuire and, and Mark McGuire in 1998 will never change for me. The uh, the sword touching and bringing the, bring the back. <laughs> <laughs> what grade I, were you in 98? Um, everyone knew they were juicing the, 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 Andrew in his locker that was standing out was still, yeah. Ah, right. Everyone knew that everyone knew. I'm sorry. I just, I will never go through the nineties and not know. How do you not know? Like the, nobody's that aloof. It's but just, I keep seeing but, people having this take about Roger Maris kid. Like I he's just been mal- he's, he's just, he's just been, I guess I didn't even notice. I saw like a couple quotes, but like, oh, he's been like, he's been banging really, the drum and banging really it. Bother me at all. I guess I didn't pay close no. enough attention, whatever. I mean, I think it's cool. I think he's the, judges the mvp of the al like i get it i mean it's an amazing year it's the ultimate bet on yourself year which i think he's going to be like the the gold standard for that from now on like 10 years from now there's going to be a guy that turns down a contract and you're gonna be like oh he's gonna try to have uh an aaron judge season you know what i mean like that's gonna be like a, a common phrase in baseball terminology but Good for him. He seems like yeah. a really good dude. Like, Absolutely. you know, everything he's done is by the book. But at the end of the day, like Barry Bonds is still a home run king in my and, opinion. Uh, yeah, he's been intentionally walking at a hundred and whatever times with right. these home run chases too, and these record thing. Like, honestly, I was more interested in Pujols' home run chase. But like, baseball's already tarnished all of their records. Like, they don't mean anything anymore. We had a World Series champion that cheated, got caught cheating, got to keep their stuff. So we mm-hmm. our home run champion got caught with steroids like none of these records like they kind of like lost they, they don't mean anything they've lost all credibility hey yankees fans did we get to throw out the entire steroid era of how many world series you guys won as yankees fans as a result of having a literally juiced up locker room like yes. take it out like it's fine that- you know what steroids don't hit a curveball and a fastball it does help a little bit with recovery but everybody was you know again jose canseco is not full of shit he, he might be kind of cuckoo with like aliens and sasquatches but he's not full of shit when he says that everybody was doing it he that's the one honest thing that Jose Canseco has ever really thrown out in public that I will always take as fact more than anything else that he's ever said is everybody was doing it. And anybody that says that they didn't, they're pretty much uh, guys like Maddox that have dad bods. Yeah. Probably not taking steroids, but anybody in that era that, that got through it looking like a fucking train. No, come on. And judge, thank God. He's like eight feet tall. And like he's a freak. Like, so you don't have to worry. I'm not worried about him being on anything. And green, yeah, Brian brings it up. Green, he's in the 70s and 80s. Oh, I'm sorry. Amphetamines? I'm sorry. That's banned in Major League Baseball now. Those are peds. So, the, I think, uh, 
the the big annoying part is obviously it's Yankees fans. It's oh, like yeah. oh, yeah. like sure. this is the real record, and like the annoying yep. sports writers, uh, fucking Tom Reducci wrote that SI piece. Uh, you know, John Heyman's been banging about how this is the real home run record for a few weeks now. Not passing. Uh, like, college not football. passing. Oh, Pass that, that's the other thing. I didn't even notice that, but the inter, like the cut-ins on ESPN. Honestly, I didn't mind, but like I was, I could see where that pissed people off. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, on my phone every time Aaron Judge came to the plate, I got a, yep. I got a message from seven different apps like Hulu. I don't even what Hulu doesn't even show baseball games. I'm getting a fucking Hulu. But like I, I wonder if the tone would have been different if this was like you know like like Vladdy Junior, like just not a Yankee. Oh, for sure. Like I think because like I was paying attention to it, but like, I, like I didn't. I wasn't watching the game when he broke it. I wasn't really. I didn't care that much. I don't know. I was yeah. like, thank God it's over. I thought it was cool, but <laughs> I, I agree that. with Mitch earlier. I thought I was more invested in uh, Pujols. Pujols is Chase. I think seven hundred, like sixty-two That's is cool. Era. It's an it's an, it's an insane single season. 700 as you did it for a long time. Hey, how about this? Hey, Aaron Judge, in the season that Aaron Judge hit that many home runs, someone Albert Pujols' age hit how many home runs? 24, I think. 25, maybe. 24 home runs from a dude yeah. that was basically on his way out all of a sudden in, in this era. That tells me what Test you've done him. with baseballs and what you've done with Test how you right now. and change the rules. They're just, they constantly what, what, did, of- what did Mark McGuire leave behind in St. Louis for him? That's yeah. what I want to know. He's just like rubbing his finger on McGuire's locker and rubbing it on his gums going out I mean, there. Guess, how, how many home runs does Barry Bonds hit if they don't have sticky stuff? Yeah. Well, All the pitchers were on roids well, too, dude. I mean, Barry, Barry Bonds. You can't, Barry Bonds would have had problem. like easily 800 home runs if he didn't get blackballed at the end of his career. Right. He was still hitting 20-plus home runs his last couple of years. And the other thing that people forget about all the time, Barry Bonds had 500 stolen bases. Yeah, like yeah. Barry Bonds wasn't Barry Bonds was not a one trick pony man. No. Like Barry Bonds stole. No, yeah. he almost, I think he, you know he saw like McGuire and Sosa getting all the attention for hitting bombs, and he's like, all right, well you know if that's what's gonna get headlines, fuck, I can do that too. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was doing right. it in Pittsburgh with Barry, with Bobby Bonilla though. I mean, yep. he never wasn't doing it, even when his head was the size of a regular person's head, and yep. he didn't look like you know he didn't look like the the bad guy from uh, what is it uh. What's the what's the Marvel bad guy? Uh, Mod- Modok. He didn't look like Mod- or is it Mo- right. Mor- Modok? No, no, I got I what you're saying though, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, Modoc? it's just it's just so annoying. Like like how Kevin said, like or I think uh, it was Jumper in the comments saying Department how like Corrections from Missouri. The like some some media just wants to like have fans forget the zero day, right? Like it happened, guys. Like it you're happened. part of it too. Not you only did it now. happen, it saved you, baseball. Yeah, and like, you the like, motherfuckers voted for why you voted for, for Poppy to get in the, he's a steroid abuser too. And yeah, you guys right. want to stand in and pontificate now even though you voted in the same guy because he was your buddy? Fuck off. Barry Bonds wasn't your friend. He was a baseball player. Poppy was your buddy. You loved him. You voted him in. Barry Bonds was a dick to you and now you hate him for the rest of your life because you're a fucking you're, you're vindictive media guy that never actually could even Run a sixty-yard dash in less than ten minutes. So fuck it's it's a bunch of vindictive sports writer bullshit. Is what it eh, is. I don't feel bad for Barry though. That's what no, he gets. I don't feel bad for me either. Like he doesn't feel bad for like, Barry. Barry doesn't give a shit. You no, see him on that no. live broadcast? He's laughing his ass off. He had a necklace around his. He had a necklace around his neck that was worth like ten years' salary for me. <laughs> I Barry bet you Barry Bonds zero shits back. right now. He could come back today and you give him. 20 at bats in Major League Baseball, knowing he's probably not even on juice at this point. Probably, probably. I think. All right. Well, I mean, I think A Rod made the joke. He could do it. 
I think I made. I think Arod made the joke about uh, calling Jerry Reinsdorf for. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that made a lot of people mad. Like we're such a joke that even that was suggested. So Zoe and Mitch, how much you offering Barry Bonds to come back? Yeah, yeah left-handed power. Half a jar of mustard pickles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barry, I was actually very surprised. I'm very curious as to how much ESPN paid him to come on that broadcast because Barry doesn't do that shit. No, the like, last Barry, time I saw him on something was at a dog show. He was really? like, can I tell you guys about how the, much the MLB PAA charges for player appearances? $10,000. No, but, uh, well, I mean, they do make a little bit of money for showing up on appearances for things like that. So, um, but I don't know. I'm just saying like Barry doesn't give a fuck. And that's no. the other, like people give a fuck. He wants to be in the hall Barry Bonds gives a fuck. He wants the to be in the hall. But the Hall of Fame's a fucking joke now. I don't take the Hall of Fame seriously whatsoever. That's a valid no. point. The guy who has the most home runs in baseball isn't in there. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's a fucking if joke. If you're looking at some of these other Hall of Fames, like it is the hardest one to get into. I, I, I understand that. I guess I need here's, to rephrase Here's the bullshit that, like, stuff too. Like, it's like, with again, we talk about the like um, Hall of Fame. I didn't vote for them this year because I don't think they're the first ballot Hall of Famer, but I'll vote for them next uh, year. They're a Hall of Famer now or they're not, dude. They're not playing any more games between now and then. Okay, it's how many HJs you can get under the table while in, in between, you dick. Like that's yeah, the yeah. that's the problem I have with the Hall of Fame. Either it's you are or you down, aren't. It, it, to the big poppy thing you said earlier, it comes down to if you were cool with the media or not. Yep. Poppy did roids. Yep. He ate fucking Barry Bonds never tested positive for steroids. Poppy yep. did. Yep. Sosa Poppy's never did either. As much as I, I think my thing is with uh the same thing with Pete Rose. Like the Baseball Hall of Fame is all about telling like the history of baseball, and you cannot tell the history of baseball without Pete Rose or Barry Bonds. Therefore, yep. they should be in the, the Hall. The guy of with the most home runs, the guy with the most hits, the guy with the most strikeouts—all three of those guys are not in the Hall of Fame. Yep. How am I supposed to take that seriously? No, that's fair. And it's and it's and it's 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 so again these these most of these sports writers that still have this vote covered these dudes and said nothing as it happened. Not even that. Not even writing about suspicions of everything was puff, puff, puff throughout the '90s, during this whole era, even the early 2000s. It was puff, 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 and it, you can't you can't sit here and 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 now pontificate. You know um, what was it? John Heyman voted for Barry Bonds last year. This you know, in two, in December of 2021, voted for Barry Bonds for the Hall of Fame, and then had the balls to come out and say this year. What what nine months later, ten months later, that this home run, that 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 judge is the real home run king after he just voted for Barry Bonds for the Hall of Fame, is which one is it, dude? Well, you also this is also the dipshit that thought check swings even if you move the bat should be a strike. So, you know, some of these guys are just morons and and or they just had they just it's clickbait. Yeah, it's it's an easy story to tell too. I mean, you want to you you go you go pro Barry Bonds, you get clicks. You go anti Barry Bonds, you get clicks. That's in the chat. Her, Brian says Herb Lawrence would murder Heyman in a dash, and then from the clouds, Herb goes damn straight. Brian, what up, Herb? <laughs> Herb. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that's that. And then the other thing I wanted to touch base on, you know, as we're hitting this hour and a half before we get into the NASCAR minutes, so all you guys can get your NASCAR boners, okay. whatever. Um, who you guys like? Playoffs are set. Who do we like? What's going on in the playoffs? Dodgers. Hot take, I know. <laughs> so, so nice. my, we're gonna go ahead and we're, we're, we're gonna go ahead and mute Mitch's mic and go ahead. 
I was say my list or like my preference of uh, who I want to win goes Mariners, Blue Jays, Padres. Play each other in the first the wild card game. Yeah, so, so like I'm gonna have at least one of them. One yep. of them is gonna go through. <laughs> yep. Padres third, uh, then kind of everybody else, uh, then like Death, and then the Cardinals at the end. Yep. Yep. That's just I, fair. I for some reason I don't usually I fucks with the Padres. I like the Padres. I fucks with them. I'm no. I, I said it on Twitter. I want to see a Mariners Braves World Series. And I know the Braves just want it, meh, but that just means the Dodgers aren't in it. Yep. I always like to see I like to see the big teams lose. Unless they're Oh yeah, I would Dodgers. I thought you were talking about like who who's our favorite. No, totally. no, well no, I get what you're saying. Oh, I, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, they, I would, yeah. yeah. I'm rooting for the Mariners then. Yeah, if the Dodgers I, don't win the World Series, it's a complete fucking Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm, look, I'm rolling. I'm rolling Phillies. I'm rolling Phillies because it's Kyle Schwarber. Great years. Quite a great year from Schwarber too. 40, what? 40, 40, what? 40, who do you have? 40 first? He 40, yeah, 45, wasn't he? 46? Something like first Phillies home or first Phillies <laughs> outfielder to hit over 40 home runs in like a non, like 100 years or some shit like that. Non-tendered by the Cubs. Pretty decent. Could have could Non-tendered by the Cubs. Bitch, for Christ's sake, check power. the fucking DM. <laughs> check in the DM. I, look, I'll say this. I want the Phillies to win. I would absolutely love it if the Braves won again. I, I actually do. I love how the Braves have like they, they do this thing. Now, this is this this is their shtick, I guess. Kind of gotta tread water until like August and then fucking just roll and do something this. about the Braves I don't like. They they've been cheating. I don't know how, but I'm gonna figure it out one of these days. <laughs> and I, don't know, I don't know what underhanded bullshit they did with the Ozzy Alba's contract and the Ronald Lacuna Jr. Well, that's contract. The thing. There's some shady shit going on. And the there. Harris contract now. And yes. the Danzig, I mean, that's why I like the Braves is because they have like an uber competent competent no. front office. No, no, it's no, like, no but it's the, like the, the Ozzy Alba's no, contract no, with Robert. It's like the opposite of what the White like the White Sox try to do what the Braves do. Yeah. But that's because Jerry hires like his cousin's best friend as like right. the negotiator. Because they gotta stay in house. But the Braves go <laughs> they get these guys, and then as soon as they see like whatever brilliance, and they probably have a legit analytics department, and they're like, Hey, this Willie Harris kid's gonna be good for a very long time. Like, lock it up. And they go and they lock it up, and like same thing with Albies, Acuna. All these guys, they lose Freddie Freeman. Everyone, ooh, and then they go out and fucking replace him. Like it's Man, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. And, well, Olsen, and- Olsen decided to start playing, and like, I don't know, two months ago. Yeah. Like he, yeah. But now so he's. Can we agree? Fun. Can we agree in this chat though that that fuck Houston? Is that a, is that a is that a oh full yeah that, that, that's a, that's a, is that that's a four, a four for four I just don't like the Astros screw the Indians obviously I hope they get actually boat race in the first round just because it's uh, it's uh, Tampa Bay they will even guys Cleveland tried even tried to do, that finished above five hundred relax Cleveland try to do what Tampa Bay does every year and Tampa Bay is going to out Tampa Bay them. In the wild but card round, Cleveland already won the World Series. The World Series was winning the division. They had no expectations. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I, mean, but I would like the way in my head it plays out. Tampa Bay beats Cleveland in the wild card, and Seattle beats Toronto, which sucks. But yeah, and then the That'll Yankees are going to, or then I could actually see Tampa Bay beating the Yankees. That's another reason why I want Tampa Bay to fucking. I could do. I feel like the Yankees are ripe for a knockout. Like. Whoever they face early, I feel like I feel like there was so much hype around this season and like up and down, and then the home run chase, and then like it's going to be like somebody be hungrier. Someone will be hungry. Bay's going to show up like the junkyard dogs they are, and they're going to fucking take it to them. Well, 
I'm in for that too. I love. I would love that. Be the great. Yankees got more to lose too. I yep. mean, the teams that have nothing to lose are always dangerous in the postseason. In Tampa Bay, it seems like every year they come in, like no one has them favored. And they they just keep scraping out wins. They don't really that's play a whole lot of pressure. What I'm saying on. Cleveland watch, does watch what, what Tampa Bay does. Yeah, Tampa Bay is going to out Tampa Bay. Cleveland yep. totally. Agree. Watch what happens in the Yankees series too, because obviously this is the last, probably the last season they'll have with with Judge, right? So watch every time like they lose like game one game, like whoever plays the Yankees taking game one of that series is so integral. You take game one of that series and everything starts cracking all the way throughout, not only oh, the yeah. franchise, but the fan base. And, and then you, you know, all of a sudden, you know, even if you split, you know, you take a series lead, that fan base will absolutely just self-destruct just like the Mets fans are doing right now. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed watching the Braves overtake the Mets and the Cubs helped Cubs helped because yep. F the Mets. Right there, sideways with the fungo, bend it over. I don't care. It is it's fantastic to watch a, a franchise like that with a fan base like that. Just just eat. So, hold on, stick with the American League. So, sorry. sorry. If really the, to your other point though, if Tampa Bay, all right, let's just assume Tampa Bay beats Cleveland, and then they go and play New York game one in the Bronx. Garrett Cole's on the bump, and they take that game. Done. Game. I'm Done I'm so. going to any betting game. app I can and just put the series on Tampa Bay. And the only thing that I really want to see in that series, there's two things that I really, really, really want to see in that series. One, I want to see Josh Johnson fuck up something royally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they're not like the Yankees. Just because he's a massive deuce canoe. Second of all, I want to see that Hector Neris. That's I said his name right. right? Hector Neris, the pitcher yeah, that does yeah. all the like oh, the right? jo- Johnny Cueto light. Oh. I want to see him just get shelled. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see yeah. him get absolutely shelled. I don't really, he's probably a good guy or whatever, but one, he took Dylan Cease's all star game spot just because he's Ooh. on the Yankees. Salty. And two, he's Johnny Quato Light. And it just for some reason pisses me off. And I hate how, and D, I hate how Yankee fans put him on this pedestal. He's not even Johnny Quato Light. Like, does he have an ambulance with 46 speakers? No. no. <laughs> Go on like a horse ranch? Doubt no. Is he running is- stairs before every game? No. This is why Mitchell should carry his own microphone, just like Aldo to drop it, because that was Got a drop it. moment. Uh, and then, so then you get Seattle, Toronto, which I mean, that's yes. that game. That's a heartbreaker for me. I'm yes. That's a win win, though, man. That's, that's I love both those teams, but I really want to see Seattle do it. I've been riding that Julio, you know, AL Rookie of the Year. He's You've been riding his rod. Been riding <laughs> the rod, baby. Uh, and that's is that the dude that they that was the 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 interview with the old the former executive that said that they were holding them down for a reason. Is that the same kid? That was clinic. Yeah. Um, he he hasn't been good. I will say that I think the blue Jays have a better shot at beating the Astros than the Mariners do. Yeah. 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 (laughs) They have like the ace guy and well, and also the blue Jays have the hottest player in the planet on their team. Dante or Dante Bichette. Bo Bichette. (laughs) I think he bet. I think he's hit. He hit like over four hundred in September. Great, yeah. Like he, he was just a machine, dude. But I just want to see Houston lose. I fucking hate Houston. I think we're all in agreement on that. Would be great too, but, like intra division stuff. Houston, yep. Seattle. Um, and then on the National League side, I'm gonna say I want to see the Phillies beat the Cardinals. Because yeah, I mean, I, I just want to see Schwarber like just hit home runs after home run after, yeah. against the Dongs. Yeah, Dongs. I, mean, I, I get the Cardinals had. And I, I will, as someone that like actively hates the Cardinals, it's not that I hate the team, it's more I hate the fan base, but I hate them, the fan base 
enough where I hate the Cardinals that much. But I will give him credit. I really dug the whole Wainwright, Molina, and Pujols walking off the last game at Bush Stadium together at the same time. I thought that was kind of dope. They actually gave him the moment, White Sox and Bray, you fuck. Yeah, up. I know. It would have been doper. His last game. Because, like, Paul Canerico got, like, such a good farewell, you know, yep. before it comes up. And Abreu sitting in the dugout watching him get walloped. I thought he was going to get, like, pinch hit for, like, to just give him one no, last dude, innovation. He sat there with his hoodie up the whole game and just, Man. like. Man. That's weird. So, that is kind of weird. But anyways, I want to see the Phillies oh. beat them. Phillies-Atlanta series would be that's going to be a dope one. That's yes. a that's an appointment television series for me. I'm going to watch every one of them. Atlanta kind of smoke them. I don't, I don't want to yeah. get too excited either, though, with the Phillies thing, but look at Bryson Stott's numbers dating back to like September 25th. Super weird you brought up a Vegas guy. Um, <laughs> look at his numbers. I mean, I mean, you can't fault no, someone good. 400 he's in the good. last like three weeks. He's peaking. Little dude's figuring it out a little bit. Like, no, he's, he's showing some pop, too. No, he's a, he's a very good player. I Ever since you brought him up as – Someone that the White Sox could have potentially, potentially traded Liam Hendricks for at the beginning of this year. I've been following him, and you guys all know I play MLB The Show. He got like a 96 rookie card early in the season. Kim, so Kimbrel, I Kimbrel, by the way. I didn't, I didn't say trade Hendricks for him, though. I'm pretty sure. Kim, Kimbrel. Kimbrel. Was it Kimbrel? Oh, Just Kimbrel. One of the closers. But Hell, gang. And then <laughs> on the bottom, the bottom corner of that bracket, you got San Diego. Matt, I want San Diego to just pound him. Yes. I feel like the Mets are a defeated team already. F, the fact that Atlanta Mets. Atlanta buried them like that, I feel like the Mets are just – the Mets have an insane pitching staff. I mean, let's call it that, that pitching staff is built for postseason. You know what I mean? Like Short series. series. Yeah, all that shit. But it's the Padres. I like the Padres. Future. Hey, you Darvish? Padres don't have pitching. They 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 don't have the pitching to make it through that series. I'm not saying the Mets are going to make a run, but they will make it out of that first round. I don't trust the Padres whatsoever. The only Clip. reason, like, I kind of want to see. I think I, I I think the Mets are going to beat the Padres. Uh, yeah, the, their pitching is just uh, ridiculous. But I just want to see Mets Dodgers. So. Mets Dodgers. I think MLB wants to see Mets Dodgers too, because when you get yeah. whenever you get East versus West Coast and two major markets like that. Yeah. I mean, Padres Dodgers is cool. It's a big rivalry or whatever, but like you're alienating half, like 75 yeah. percent of the country. You know, especially because those games are going to be at nine o'clock at night. And, and the, that's the thing with the Mets and the Padres. Either way, there's going to be a meltdown because the Padres have spent all this money. They've made all these moves, and if mm-hmm. they just have nothing to show for it, like you're three well, now. You, the Padres took a huge hit. I mean, let's not act like they're whole. Hey, I mean, again, the Braves lost Acuna. Tatis did that on his own. Yeah, number one, motorcycle oh, accident. That was on him. That was in a freak accident. I understand. Number two, he was he got caught juicing. <laughs> what a di- you have to really fuck up to get caught juicing these days. But anyway, oh, by the way, the motorcycle accident, multiple times. Multiple times. Um, I don't feel sorry about for them. So at all. I got. I think I got the Braves beating the Phillies, and then I think the Dodgers beat whoever they play. So then you get a re- little rematch of Atlanta, LA. I mean, I'm, I already said I'm going to go Braves. I think the Braves can win this whole fucking thing again. They they're, they they have such a good team. They're, they're so playing good. well at the right time too. <laughs> like they got a late season charge, so I mean yeah. they'd be great. They've been playing seven. They've been I think they're gonna be so good for so long. They've been winning seven twenty at a seven twenty clip for like three months. I mean we're they've starting been to stupid good. We're starting to get and we're not there yet. I'm saying we're potentially gonna see like nineties Braves again. Well, they're be, they're just I mean, yeah, they so already won like so what long. four in a row, and they're, they're getting the Grom this off season too. And they're, they're gonna get the Grom this off season. 
God. You heard that here first. If that does happen, I want all my roses. I want all <laughs> the roses because I've been saying that now for like a month and a half. You've talked into it. Now, I, yeah. I firmly believe that's going to happen. And it's going to be the all oh, Mets fans are going to have fucking aneurysms. It's going to be a pandemic in New York. It's going to be kind of funny, though. Oh, my. That one big dude that I retweeted his video from Barstool. Oh, Frank, Frank someone, Frank. He needs to be on like 24 7 suicide watch. Oh, my God. You know what I'm thinking about? Is his name Tim? Is it Tim? No, Frank. the big guy with the beard, right? Frank. No, no, Frank. Yeah, yeah. Frank, Frank, Frank. DeGrom, DeGrom goes to the Met, or DeGrom goes to the Braves. Uh, uh, big boy uncle, what the hell is his name? Steve or whatever. Steve he's like, Cohen. all right, yeah, Steve yep. Cohen. He's like, all right, fuck, we still got it. We need a pitcher. Gets Rodon, and then everyone's right about Rodon. Yep. With history, with like his health history. It's like, he goes to the Mets. Absolutely. He goes to the Mets, and then just New York. their training staff messes him up. Stay with It'll me. It'll manifest Stay in New me. York. For Stay sure. with me before we before we get to NASCAR minute. Before fucking speaking of aneurysms, yeah, dog's about to kick it if we don't fucking get to NASCAR minute. <laughs> But 39% on his phone, dude. 39% on your phone should last like two hours. Nah, Anyways, hey, your razor doesn't even have video, dude. What the hell? I, I picture him as a sidekick guy. Anyways, follow me here, fellas, because I'm going to go off on one of my words. So DeGrom goes to the Braves. Steve okay. Cohen, Monopoly man, has money that we can't even fathom. He turns around, offers Aaron Judge the biggest contract in the history of all sports. Aaron yeah. Judge, all he has to do is go to the Mets. <laughs> it could. That's not that far fetched. That's not, not that far fetched. That's not that far fetched. It's not. That'd be insane. New York they're getting there because Nimmo's going to be a free agent, so he's probably going to walk. And apparently, every White Sox fan wants Nimmo. I'm good, dude. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'll be that's honest. So it's him. like, yeah. People are like talking about him like he's Aaron. Like it's he's not that good. Like I don't know. No, no, like he's, 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 he's good. He's pretty good. No, no, okay, okay. White Sox fans can't be like, we need a right fielder. We need a right fielder. Now I get it. You can say that you don't want Brandon Evo, but come on, no. now. Brandon Evo would be your best right fielder. Since like, I'm good with that. I'm exactly. So you gotta understand. Like I would, I will take Brandon Evo, but you should see the way these people are talking about him. Although they're talking about him like we're gonna sign like. The next, this like, is... it's unbelievable. Are you guys okay, ready for this? Are, rest, are you guys ready for this? He's, he's not great yet. Trey Turner, Yumper. Are yep. you guys ready for this the entire offseason? So I start marching my way down to Carol and HR, and I knock on her door and I say, Carol! Oh, yeah, the, the conspiracy. Carol, I yeah. Uh, Yumper wants to know if me and Mitch. So basically, he wants the outsiders to weigh in. Who realistically do you think the big free agent that the Cubs are going to sign? You, you're going with Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, uh, I've, been, I've been saying Trey Turner for a while too. Uh, I, it just it, yeah, it, 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 the sweet it, spot Cubs signing. Like they can say they spent some money. It wasn't they? Don't have and he can play six play different positions. He can play six I different mean. positions. For yeah, I love that. On the flip side, they want to know you two who you I actually think the White Sox. <laughs> Free uh, so uh, you could say they're not Tyler Naquin. I mean, you could definitely <laughs> say Mitch Hanniger and be correct, or you could say someone else. I mean, it's, it's... <laughs> the silence is deafening. All right, I on that like, note, I feel like the White Sox make a trade. No, I, don't I gave an that. answer. Tyler Naquin. Okay, left-handed outfielder. 
is he's you're not going to be happy about it. <laughs> Shock the world. I say the White Sox go out and they go get a washed up. No, not washed up at all. They get a uh, they let Abreu go and they get Josh Bell. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. No. So you said just like you just some bad nudity <laughs> in a, like an old movie. Then like, why would you get another first baseman? Base, like, why? The whole like, point of getting so... rid of Abreu is we have too many first basemen. That's yeah. True. That makes okay. sense. Okay. If your damn left fielder could be a left fielder instead of a DH, it would be better, too. He's not, though. That's I, the problem. I, I He's just <laughs> like, you said, Zoe, you said this at the beginning of the show. Ben and it's... What about Benintendi? But I can't even say his name. Benintendi. Oh, wait. Whatever, what happened to that fucking dude from the Mets? Uh, uh, Conforto. He's like he's a hack. He's like QAnon. <laughs> like I don't know what he's doing, dude. Is Jock a free agent? Like is this? Yes, he Jock. is. But it's happening again. Let's go. I'm not saying his name. So all right, fucking yeah, dog. <laughs> Whip it out, oh, yeah, it's dog. Time. It's time for NASCAR minute. All right, go, Mitch, go. All right, uh, we're in Talladega this week. Super Speedway, fastest track in NASCAR, and I will be honest, there's probably more action between the races this week uh, than there was on the track. We'll get to that in a second. Hey, okay. so at uh, you know, during the uh, in between the week, there's drivers. Uh, they're kind of pissed because there's a concussion problem. It's almost like the NFL. They're having concussion issues now. A new car, not so safe. You hit the wall backwards at the rear. People are getting concussions. Kurt Busch out for the season. Uh, William Byron, who uh, Denny Hamlin famously called a hack, too. He's kind of like Michael Cofordo. Uh, he's out for the season. He has a concussion. Uh, so, you know, the guy that went drunk to Waffle House that's always throwing up in the car, he got to drive William Byron's car. No, not that guy. He was in the oh, back again. He sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, – uh, he, he was taking over for his ride. So Byron, unfortunately, or excuse me, Bowman, uh, the guy that had got the concussion, he's probably going to be out for the playoffs now. Uh, he's taking this all seriously. So good for him. But the drivers are like, hey, we're pissed off. This car ain't safe. We might strike. And then meanwhile, William Byron, who uh, this is that Yacht Dogs request. He's the guy that ran uh, Denny Hamlin off the track during a caution last week. NASCAR slapped him with a 25-point penalty. So he went from being safe to below the cut line. Major playoff implications. I don't care because my guy Suarez is safe for right now. All right, we'll get to the race. At Talladega, Harrison Burton, rookie in the back. He got turned, couldn't handle a push. Stenhouse, he jackknifes him, mini car ash, collects some people. So now we had Joey Logano. We have his photo. See if you can find it correctly. Yeah, there he yeah, is. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm getting better, dude. Before the race, uh, he was complaining about super speedways. He's like, it's not real racing. You know, all the guys that are working hard up front, they always get caught up in a wreck. And then these this guy sounds like a guy that would say that type of thing. Yeah, and he's like, and then there's all these cherry pickers. And see, I, I'll do another flashcard, see if you can think of who, who he's talking about. All these guys running in the back, they reap the benefits from other people's misfortune. Um Basically, he was talking about like the uh, BJ McLeods of the world that, like, you know, they scored a top 10 at Daytona because they're riding there back is. and there was a big wreck. So after, is, after the Burton crash, Logano, he kind of got caught in it and he's like, screw this. I can't move up in the field. It's kind of hard to pass. I'm just waiting back because in all these super speedway races, there's always the big one and the big one is going to take out half the field. So he's like, I'm waiting in the back. I ain't running up front this time. I'm doing the opposite of what I said I do. I'm not working hard. I'm waiting for. The big one. All right. So that's the race. He's just kind of riding around in the field. Track position is key. Very hard to move up. Uh, and so now biding his time, biding his time. All of a sudden, there's like three laps to, or six laps to go. Like the big one hasn't come yet. And they, so it's like, oh, shoot. Logano's kind of in trouble. And then a caution comes out. 
some jackass got stuck in a pit stall, which, you know, it's kind of weird because in the pit stall, there's usually cars there during green anyways, but they threw the caution. So now we have a green right checker, which means they're going to throw the green flag. They're going to run a lap. And then there's going to be the white flag, which is the last lap. Check so it's kind of like an overtime type of thing. Uh, so they're stacking the cars back up. Uh, here we go. Pair of Chevys. They're leading the top lane uh, with Eric Jones and Ross Chastain. There's a bunch of Ford Mustangs. They're in the lower lane. It's Ryan Blaney, Michael McDowell. McDowell, he gets the better push. So Blaney goes to the lead off the first turn. So Elliot, now he's eyes in the lower lane. He decides to bail. He breaks rank. He's like, I'm joining my Chevy buddies up top. So he cuts off the top lane. Now he's in the front of the top lane. He gets a push all of a sudden from the 43 car of Eric Jones. So there he gets in front of his nose. Jones gives him a push. Here comes Elliot to the outside. He's got some help from Jones. Blaney, he's holding firm though through turns three and four. Right flags in the air. Here comes Chase. Another shove from Jones. The toothless townies from Tuscaloosa. They're going crazy. They're boys in front. One of their own. Chase Elliott. I'm freaking out. I don't want Chase Elliott to win. Elliott, he starts squeezing Blaney to the lower lane. Total chicken shit move. Not really. I mean, it was a clean move, but, you know, just good racing from Chase. But I, I didn't like it. You know, he's squeezing with the lower lane. McDowell, he doesn't really give a crap, though. So he gets a great push from McDowell. Or, excuse me, Blaney. You know, he gives him a, he gets a good push from McDowell. McDowell's like, hey, I ain't giving up yet. Finally, Jones says, I'm done pushing you, Chase. I'm going to try and move to the outside. But at this point, Chase is too far ahead. He's rocketing the finish. Blaney, one last ditch move to the outside. Couldn't get there. Chase crosses the finish line first. He's guaranteed a spot in the round of eight, and it was a waste of three hours on my Sunday. Uh, but yeah, now we're headed to the Roval. Charlotte Roval, half road course, half oval. It's a wild race, elimination race. S seven spots, up for grabs. Fire it. You kind of need to win. You know, it it's going to be intense. Who knows? There's your NASCAR man. <laughs> If you're, new to this, if you're new to this segment, that's me and Fitz just hitting random pitchers, <laughs> trying to throw Mitch off. But some of them actually go with what he's saying. Like, I like the is, end of it. It was accidentally cars. It was like the is, dude from cars. Yeah, that's perfect. Pit stop. <laughs> pit stop. Yeah. This pit is stop. my new favorite picture to just throw up while you guys are talking. <laughs> <laughs> this is just Brian incredible. Christensen for no reason, <laughs> but like shave Brian Christensen. Yep. And then, like, yeah. We just saw a random because, like, if you're not used to this, we got a bunch of pitchers over here that the the football guys cleaned us out a lot of them. They did. But, like, I don't need fucking. I mean, do you really need you know neck beard? Oh, that's good. But yeah. Jesus. What about so, me? Like, look at this. Like, what? What? Leather helmets, but. <laughs> oh, I mean, we. I don't know how this would play. That would not if we, play. Started, <laughs> if we started the show with it, but thank you. There's a good one. Kevin Harvick, he was one of the people causing all the issues. He was kind of raising hell. He, him and Denny Hamlin were having a conniption fit about the car. And, you know, coincidentally, NASCAR suspended his crew chief for four races because they found something wrong with his car. I think mm. it was, shut up, old man. Quit criticizing us. So they slapped a suspension on him. But, you know, who knows? Um, all right. Wait too well, much color on here. An insanely long show. So for... The young Padawan, NASCAR Mitch, the good Reverend K. Fitz, although I'm Southside, so we'll see you guys next week. Not everybody. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. 
It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. 